Hello, and welcome to episode 497 of the Chuck and Brad podcast. I'm Chuck. I'm Brad. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing all right. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like this weekend was so good, and then it was like, back to work. Back to... Yeah, I guess so. Jeez. We did have a fun Saturday. We did. Um, a lot of laughing. So, uh, let's well, talk... How, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I'm in the middle of my diet, and yeah. oh, uh, it's yeah. making me a little tired. Yep. Not right now. I feel energized right now. But I'm making, I'm feeling a little tired in general. Um, I'm in the middle of two Tell Em Steve Dave projects, video yes. projects that are... The first one was the much harder one. That one's all done. It's out. Um, you know, I work for the podcast Tell Em Steve Dave, and I do a lot of their video projects for their Patreon. And we just did a Hanukkah special with one of the guys on the show named Sunday Jeff. Yes, of course. And... Uh, you know, the idea was... Well, actually, let's go get into that in a minute. All right. Um, but I wanted to say, for the Chubies, the Chuck and Brad fans... Chubracabras. The Chubracabras. Chuby for short. Yep. Uh, I wanted to say, we don't really know what to do for our Christmas show this year. We do not. The trend has been uh, games and stuff like that for the past few years, mixed with our live shows, whatever. Um, this year, because of coronavirus... Obviously, it's going to be tougher to get people together, and right. we're going to have a smaller show. Um, I wanted to say, please write in if you have any ideas for our Christmas episode. We have a bunch of ideas. We probably have like four or five ideas right. that are possibilities um, to do next week for our Christmas episode. Write into Chuck and Brad at gmail.com. No, no. Is it Chuck and Brad podcast? No, it's Chuck and Brad at gmail.com. Is it? Yes. Chuck and Brad at gmail.com or go to Chuck and Brad podcast.com and find the write in link. What should we do for our Christmas episode? Just me and Brad. What do you think? And we do have some good ideas. So I'm not saying we don't have any ideas. Right. But I wanted to see if anyone else had any ideas. Um, secondly, uh, yeah. So we're, I was working on the Tell Him Steve Dave uh, Hanukkah, you know, the, the it's all new Sunday Jeff show. It's one of their shows on Patreon. The, uh, the 2020 Hanukkah special went down maybe two or three weeks ago. Filmed it with Sunday Jeff, Walt Flanagan, Brian Johnson, Get Him Steve Dave, Tom. And, uh, you know, basically what happened was, because I don't know, I don't think I've talked about this in the podcast. I, I definitely haven't. No. I went to a yard sale in like May, June, July, August, it's September. Been, it's been a while. Yeah. And I don't know. It could have been September. Could have yeah. been May. Uh, with uh, my girlfriend's brother. His name is Nick. And uh, I saw this crazy Czechoslovakian puppet stage. And it came with like, I don't know, 12 puppets, four stage backgrounds, a whole stage. And they're kind of like marionettes, but they don't move that much. No. And uh, it was 20 bucks for this thing with these hand-carved puppets, obviously way underpriced. And I was like, this thing is crazy. I texted Walt that day. I was like, this thing is awesome. I got to get it. We got to do something with it. He's like, okay, cool. Didn't really know what we wanted to do. No. Because it, it, it is bizarre looking. Yeah. The yeah. characters are bizarre. <laughs> Everything about it is weird. Yeah. Brought it to Jersey. Brought to the stash, and I'm like, "What do you?" He's like, "What?" He's like, "What do you think we should do with it?" And I was like, uh, "Have Sunday Jeff write us like a fairy tale story." Well, my, I think my original pitch was actually have everybody, like three or four people, come up with their own stories, and we'll animate them using the characters oh, okay. in the background. Makes sense. And I told him, "I'm like, I can make a, a secret stash background if you want for this puppet stage." And he's like, "Oh, we'll talk about it." Then eventually Walt's like, we're going to use the puppet stage. We're going to do that for the ha the Hanukkah special for the all new Sunday Jeff show. I said, okay. So I came up to film it and the plan was just Sunday. Jeff came up with his own story. He's a character in the world of these guys. He's kind of uh, 
bumbling. He has some funny uh, takes on the world. And he has some funny like proclivities in the way he does things. And uh, he basically wrote a script that none of the other guys have seen before. He passed it out to them. They all played parts and they just read it out loud. Right. And I filmed that like a podcast. Like we filmed the podcast with three cameras. And the idea, the expectation was I would take the puppets, take them back to Rhode Island, and I would film with them um, kind of acting out his story. So that's what I did. I've never filmed like a puppet stage before. No. At first, who, who among us has really? <laughs> at first, I was trying to figure out how to do it because they're pretty small. I mean, the stage is, I'd say maybe eighteen inches tall, maybe fifteen inches tall. Yeah, and the puppets are like six inches tallish. Sure. Um, they're not super articulate. They're not super arms, articulate. Their arms move, and that's pretty yeah. much it. And then their legs hang. Their yep. bodies are made of uh, cloth and felt, and their you know their their heads, hands, and feet are made out of like wood. Yeah, um, they're hand carved. I looked it up online. I think that the an equivalent one was about 200 bucks. Wow. Same exact stage, same exact backgrounds with more rudimentary puppets. Hmm. Then the ones with the actual puppets that we have right. was 600. How is that possible? Because they're hand carved. I know, but I, you know, it looks like my hands carved them and that is not a compliment. I don't, I don't think that they're poorly done. I don't know what this joke is. I don't get it. Oh, it I, just, I they, they, they all look well creepy. They, I, they, I, you know, I woke up the you, next morning and me, one was in bed with me. Can you tell me, uh, it was, it was the dragon, a handmade marionette that you don't think is creepy. I mean, that's kind of the, that's kind of the name uh, of the game. I, I don't know. It's just, if you're like, oh, that clown doll was creepy. It's like, yeah, they're all creepy. All right. So anyway, came home, uh, Sunday, Jeff. He was supposed to work within the four backgrounds and the and uh, you know the puppets we had and whatever and his story. But when he read the story on the podcast, you know he added a few backgrounds in, yep. you know a few areas. Um, he added a few props in, like a sword, a menorah, fireballs, Satan lifting out of the the, the lava, and uh, you know a big part of the podcast revolves around can chuck do this like walt and sunday jeff kind of have a playful argument throughout the whole time right of like look at all the stuff you're throwing at chuck can he actually do this so i, I really wanted to knock it out of the park that was right. my whole thing we just did the star wars episode which i was extremely proud of and that was all technical that was all editing that was all i filmed them on the green screen and then i had to really work to get them in the you movie made lightsabers yeah yeah i made lightsabers this is the opposite this right. is the practical effects version of that. And I was like, I got I to gotta think outside the box and make this great. So I decided to film it kind of the same way as I filmed the podcast with the three camera angles. Uh, I filmed it in 4K because it's a 1080p project, which is like full HD. 4K is a higher resolution, meaning I can crop in a little bit and change where the angles are right. without losing any um, quality. And, you know, Brad and I got together one day. I think me and you sat down and worked through all the props that were extra, yep. how to get them. You and I went to the store and got a bunch of uh, supplies, made the props. Gina came over, I think the next day, and we filmed. And you, yeah. you and Gina played all the puppets it as was, I directed the shoot. Yep. I set up the whole stage, the lights, and the cameras. And I kind of said, well, here's how we're going to do everything. And we just went through the whole reading and reacted to what they did. We came up with jokes on the spot that would work for the puppets and did stuff like that. I had, I, I, I gotta be honest. I didn't even tell Walt this. I didn't, I wasn't honest with him about this yet, <laughs> but I filmed some of it with the green screen. Yep. It didn't work out. Nope. So I had to go back another night and reshoot a bunch of the stuff and make the actual, the actual backgrounds physically when I first was going to use a digital thing. But maybe that's a story for another day for me to tell Walt. But um, anyway, 
it was really, really tough. Yes. It was a lot of editing. It was a lot of work in the post because like, you know, there was one multicam uh, edit for them reading the story, which is simple. Right. But then there was a second multicam edit of the puppet show right. that then had to cut back and forth between the podcast and them arguing and the actual show. Plus, I had to put music in, plus the, the actual right. effects we did. And it was a really tough edit. I was up until 8 a.m. one night. My sleep schedule hasn't really returned. Last night was up till 5 a.m. wrapping presents and getting stuff ready to ship out for Christmas. Um, but that's really been taking over my life so far in December. Yep. But it's cool because it's a it's a creative, it's a creative thing that yeah, and that and that's what gets you in the holiday spirit. Exactly. I've never seen you more Hanukkah ready than you are right now. <laughs> yeah. Eating a latka, yes. wearing a yarmulke, yes. spinning a dreidel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, but so anyway, when you ask me how am I doing, I think I'm doing pretty good. But I'm I'm really up against the wall, and I have another Christmas special to do for Tell Him Steve Dave right. due next week. Uh, all right, folks. He just uh, took off the yarmulke, and he put on a little mistletoe headband. Yes, that's right. Uh, the, the the dragon puppet showing I up. Say, I always say mistletoe belt buckle. That always makes yeah, me know, laugh. I yeah. love that joke. Um, but anyway, that's how I'm doing. I'm kind of in between projects. I'm running from, you know, we're going to do three Christmas podcasts total. I'm doing two Christmas videos with Tell Him Steve Dave. And now we're trying to help Ray Harrington do a Christmas comedy live stream thing. We'll see if that works out. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to work out. Yeah. And then I got to be back in Jersey uh, on December 26th. So I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of stuff going on. So I'm a little right. busy, a little overwhelmed. I like yep. to get everyone good Christmas presents. So I'm really putting time into that. I'll say one of, uh, as, as I've gone back and listened to old episodes of the Chuck and Brad podcast, old Christmas episodes, I'm like, yes. man, it seems like our traditions are Chuck is too busy. And Brad doesn't have any holiday spirit because it's like four of our, you know, eight podcasts have that in it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Well, that's kind of what this little series is about. Yeah. Uh, if you're just joining us and you didn't listen to last week's episode, we are in episode two of Chuck and Brad's Christmas History, uh, where we're going through all the years that we've done creative projects for Christmas and what they all have been. So last right. year was basically from the beginning to 2014. Why um, did you say it like that? Uh, because it's not really from like when the podcast started. It's from before from, that. From the beginning. Yeah, it was like that. In the time before time. I wanted them to feel like they just got in a ride at Disney World, but one of the boring ones that's historical. Yes. You know what I mean? Ah, the, the, the no, li no line for the Brad Roar ride. <laughs> well, it's more like the, my dad's like, let's go in the Hall of Presidents. Yeah. And I'm like, no, yeah. I hate the Hall of Presidents. Do you like the Hall of Presidents? I've never been in the Hall of Presidents. Really? Really. How come? Because I only went to Disney with you. And I was like, fuck those presidents. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I'm like, but I want to learn. There's, it takes more than one bullet to stop a bull moose. The the, the Hall of Presidents is Teddy the Roosevelt only thing I can reference. think of in the world that is both scary and boring. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. They're like, <laughs> like they like move like what about cyborgs. When, what about when I'm dressed as a clown? Man, what was the cyborg Lincoln thing that we Zomborg came up with? Zomborg Lincoln. <laughs> I believe. He was half zombie and half cyborg. And half Lincoln. Yes. Oh, that's funny. The yes. ghost. No, there was the ghost of Zomborg Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yep. Wow, that's funny. All right, let's get into our Christmas history. But before that, we got some emails, buddy. Oh, good. Let's let's, uh, let's hear them. All right, some I, emails. I, we got. I also have it open. I see the people who wrote in, but I haven't read the actual emails. I'll read them. Thank you. Adam Carroll writes in. Subject line: Brad's porno. This is oh. a this is a subject of, from last week. Can someone please please explain why H-O-T, Brad... No. <laughs> I don't want this to be a H -O -T thing. H-O-T hot. 
would be upset by a porn being made for him. That's so damn funny. You're on the verge of another Canadian three-star review right now. That's funny. Good call, Adam. Seriously, though, I love the show. I'm one of the new people who came from Tell Him Steve, Dave, and I have to say you guys expertly roped me in. The two guys talking format can be hard to jump into in a show that's been going on for a long time. I think that's also why it's hard to recommend these types of shows to people. It's more of a commitment. But the way you rolled those interviews out with the conversation at the end and regular episodes in between was perfect. You guys won me over. Thank you, Adam. What Adam's referring to is that when we did our interviews with uh, all the guys from Tell Him Steve, Dave, we would air the interview and then Brad and I would tell a little story at the end, like 15 right. to 20 minutes. Yep. Um, and we had, I think we had one or two just normal episodes in the, in between the right. six episodes uh, that made up the interviews. And we did that on purpose because we said, you know, it's cool to have uh, bigger names on, on your podcast. And it's, I you know, I love the, I love the guys. I know them personally. And I really wanted to hear their stories. That was a legitimate want for a long time. I didn't care where the interviews, you know, aired. Like if Walt said, after we did our first one, if Walt said, Hey, that was great, but we, I don't want to put it on your podcast. I want that to go on the Patreon. Right. I would have said, that's fine. I just want the interview to be out there. I think right. it's fun. Um, <clears throat> I would have done it for that reason. However, what's cool about new people listening to your show is that uh, you might get them to stick around and you get to show them who you are. So we said, right. instead of just having the interviews and people say, I like Walt Flanagan, let me listen in for that interview. We said, let's figure out a way to put our own uh personalities in there right and really get our banter and our back and forth and stuff and so we did it on purpose and we did it at the end of the show so we thought that was convenient for people if they were like fuck these guys and they wanted to turn it off they right. weren't missing anything they wanted to hear um but we're super happy that people uh stuck around and that people thought that was a cool way to in- to slowly introduce Who new podcasters yeah. into their lives yeah uh so i appreciate that adam thank you very much man Let's see what else we got. What I I, I don't know. I'm looking at uh, a lot of names here. Yeah, we a get lot a lot. Of I get a lot of junk email to this email. We sure do. Yeah, from Karen Quinn. She wrote in. Not junk email. Uh, she said the Christmas collections are gold. Uh, she's talking about the fact that if you go to chuckandbradpodcast.com/slash/christmas, it's a page with 100% of our Christmas episodes as well as our Christmas songs from my band Senior Discount yep. and videos we've done over the years. All right. She said the Christmas collections are gold. I actually stumbled upon the Christmas medley by Senior Discount on Amazon Music a few hours before the Christmas Part 1 podcast was posted. Oh, wow. That's awesome. It was so fun to hear how it all came about in that episode. Thank you for putting the Christmas collection together on your website. I can't wait to experience the holiday season the Chuck and Brad way. Merry Christmas. That's what I want to hear. That's what I love to hear. Wow. The Chuck and Brad way. Again, half of you has to be super busy and half of you has to feel <laughs> like <laughs> like, the it wouldn't, like there's no guardian angel waiting for you on that bridge. <laughs> this is the way. Um, I love it. Thank you very much, Karen. I really appreciate that. Um, and I, I, you know. I love that. I love the idea of having continual episodes, like our Halloween episodes or Christmas episodes. Right. Um, and uh, that's, you know, it's it's really, uh, it warms my heart a lot that people care about that. From Little Jack Films, this guy writes in very often. Chuck, he's a big fan of Brad. Uh, he wrote, Chuck, time I gave you your due. Only you can recap Titanic for 30 plus minutes and keep me riveted and excited to watch the movie again. Oh, yeah. I remember showing friends of this movie during a sleepover, one saying I knew I'd see boobs if I came to your house. Your unbridled enthusiasm for media psychs me, to, psychs me up to consume it, and your recommendations ain't failed me yet, I. I recently, I recently watched the doc Haunters after you suggested it. What a film full of nutters. This guy's from Canada, by the way. That's why he says I and nutters. Wait, I say nutters too, but I don't know if he means the same thing that I... I hope not. 
I'd like to recommend this documentary, The Dogs of Manhattan, a 90s piece recently rediscovered and uploaded to YouTube, featuring the titular dogs and their very odd owners. And he included the link. Thank you for fixing the RSS links. I've been eagerly waiting to hear your episode number 353. We play the thing infection at Outpost 31. We received uh, a promotional copy of that board game. Yes. Uh, the thing. And infection a, a very adult 50. board game yes. in that it's very complicated. Yes. And uh, and we played it. We did not read the instructions before we played it online or before we played it and recorded our, our experience. Yeah. On yeah. Mike yeah. Uh, with Chuck's girlfriend, Gina, and their roommate, Jordan. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, it did not go as smoothly as we'd hoped. No, I, I think it went smoothly. It was fun. I, it was fun, yeah. But uh, I didn't win, is my thing. Oh, did I, I win? I don't remember if I won. That's the important <laughs> I thing. I didn't win. That's the thing. Unless yes. I did, which I did. Yes. Which I did enjoy which, it then. which I might have, yes. He continues, Brad, looking good, bud. Ugh. My Brad toots for the day are, one, I wrapped and submitted a video for approval for some bigwigs. Nice work. Two, my alien abductee folk record in Simpsons Lunchbox arrived. And three, That's I got bizarre. to watch an attempted SpaceX rocket launch with my roommate, though it didn't launch. It's nice to bond. It is. Nice. It is. It's good to have things that you're grateful for. It's good to live from a posture of gratitude yes. and celebrate the things yes. in, in your day. Three th- Like, I, I've been doing three things a day. Brad, yeah, uh, your gratitudes. Gratitudes, gratitudes, but, you know, mm-hmm. branded mm-hmm. Uh, for, I think, a hundred and. 43 days now. Wow, that's a, a lot of... Uh, and yeah, I write them in a little notebook and I also post them as text on Instagram in my Instagram stories. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes they're like, no one can know this one. Yeah, there's been a couple <laughs> that have been private. Uh, I think the idea of saying, I'm going to take a thing that's normally private, post it in public, and sometimes I'm going to say this one's too private. It's really funny. I mean, it's written down in my notebook. <laughs> I know, but that's funny. Yes. <laughs> here are my private thoughts. These are only for me. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yep. Um, he continues. Good. I'll admit it. There's no Brad without Chuck. There's no Chuck without Brad. You complete that's each true. other and you're both complete me. I hope I never meet you. Thank you. One more. We will let you down if you meet us. This is a video I found on an unmarked VHS tape a few months ago. Three hours of the 24-hour Detroit news station airing infomercials from 1 to 4 a.m. November 5th, 1994. The whole tape was useless except for this clip. I've only been able to find one other video featuring this political candidate. I think you'll both get a kick out of it. And he concludes the link for that. Again, thanks for the pod. Keep your stick on the ice. God bless. Little Jack Films. P.S. Ray Harrington, we love you. We do a love show Ray of support. Harrington. A show yes. of support for Ray after we got a listener email. So that's one vote for Ray and one vote <laughs> against Ray. <laughs> oh wow! Thank you, Little Jack Films. I'd lo- I'm going to watch the. Uh, I'd love to watch the documentary, The Dogs of Manhattan, and I'm definitely going to watch some of that public access footage. Let's see. Next one from Corey Costa. This is a guy that went to high school uh, with me. I see him once in a while. He's a great dude. Chuck and Brad. I've seen Ray Harrington perform once or twice while supporting a former coworker who did stand up. Hosted an event he had headlined. From what I saw in his performance and listened to on this show, Ray Harrington is not a dick. Would I have liked to hear him do Gizmo in the Halloween episode? For sure. But that's literally my only gripe against Ray Harrington. Ray's on-air persona on the Chuck and Brad podcast reminds me of good old-fashioned talk radio shtick. I'd like to hear more of him on the show and enjoy the dynamic between the three of you. I miss going to live events and hope to see you all on the road when they jam us up with the vaccine. Peace. Mm, calendars and love. Corey Costa. I don't know. It looks like peace. What would, what would be in between peace and love? It looks I, like a calendar. It looks like a tiny calendar. I think colanders. I, I think Graph? it's... Graph? Like, I don't know. Thank you, Corey. Yeah, someone wrote in a couple weeks ago. It was either last week or the week before that they did not like Ray. They'd be skipping all the episodes with Ray Harrington. But that's two votes pro-Ray. Yeah, so now we're, we're, we're plus. Yeah, that's two. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna tell Ray. He's gonna like that a lot. Yes. All right. Back to our Christmas history. Yes. So what the thing we were talking about last week is that you know I'm not gonna go through this whole thing again because I you know some, a lot of people probably listened to last week. Yes. Every year we put a lot of effort into creative projects to celebrate Christmas. Right. Sometimes for me in the past it's been my band. Obviously, we do videos together. We've done podcasts together. We do live comedy shows together. And we make creative Christmas gifts for people we know together. Right. And a lot of our time around Christmas is spent doing that stuff. Um, So we thought it'd be fun to do a a series where we talk about all those things in chronological order and even throw to some clips. Yes. Um, So last week, we did up to 2014. This week, we continue with 2015. 2015 was a tough year. It sure was. Because in 2015, on Friday the 13th of November, we went to go see the Peanuts movie, the reboot. Yep. And when we came back... We all laughed at how much Brad identified with uh, Charlie Brown. Alarmingly. It was disturbing. And uh, we came back to my house afterwards... And it had been burned to a crisp by a house fire. That's correct. Uh, so that was a that was a hard uh, time. I think before Christmas I moved twice, and then immediately after Christmas I moved a third time. Yeah, you moved to your folks' house. And when I when I say yeah. moved, you know, I didn't have my furniture because it was destroyed in my house fire. Right. I don't know. If, I don't know if most people that are new listeners know that my that I bought a house in two thousand. Let's call it early two thousand twelve. Right. And in November of 2015, had a monstrous house fire, and I was out until the beginning of 2017. Right. During that time, I moved three, I moved three times. Um, I mean, sorry, six times. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that Christmas season was definitely, there was a big damper on it. Uh, that was very tough. Um, yeah, I don't, so I don't have that much from that time just because of, you know, the circumstances right. that we were in. I will say I have as two notes during that time. And we didn't talk about this in the last episode really that much. One of the things I like to do instead of, I mean, we did, I think I we could mention it instead of wrapping a present traditionally is a lot of times we'll go to like savers or secondhand stores and we'll get VHSs, old records, old cassette tapes. Right. And we'll fit stuff inside the record, fit stuff inside the VHS tape, whatever. Sometimes, you know, like a, a, a ticket to a, a concert will right. be just taped to the... The record. Uh, the, the record itself. So you, you open it. And you think it's a record. And, and it's like, oh, it's, it's Pasty Brad and the Copper Tones mm-hmm. sing uh, their Christmas hits. And then you pull the record itself out and mm-hmm. tape to the record itself is tickets to go see Pasty Brad and the Copper Tones. Exactly. And that year <laughs> I have... Christmas in July tour. One of our most popular uh, rotating Christmas wrapping things, which is the book Jingle the Christmas Clown. We've used that many times yes, we have. To, to give to each other to contain presents. And also another thing we used for wrapping at least once was the erotic novel, A Christmas Longing. Right. So uh, that's that year. But I figured we'd, we'd substitute, because that year was such a downer, we'd substitute uh, the fact that there was like a loss of creative Christmases around that time um, with... Some of the examples of the love coupons that we do. Love coupons yeah. are exactly what they sound like. Well, they're, they're coupons that Chuck gives to me because he loves me. Sure. Uh, and so there's a, it's a little graphic of, of two bees uh, above some grass. And, and so, you know, so they're, they're kind yeah. of takes on the idea of a couple. Right. Where the couple will be like, you know, like a wife would give a husband like... One back rub anytime you want. Right. One night where you choose the movie. One night where we get dinner from your favorite takeout place. I like that these are also ones that you've given to me. Well, I mean, hey, yeah. some of them got to be serious. Yeah. But I'll, sometimes... My back has never been rubbed so well. 
sometimes I'll make love coupons, not only for Brad, right. but for like everyone in our group. So like everyone will get three love coupons. There'll be like right. 12 of us. So I'll have to write like 36 of them. Yes. And they're, some of them are serious. Like yep. I think one time we went to the movies and I bought you nachos. Yes. And, uh, most of them are not serious. That's also correct. So, so what do you have? What do you have All for right, love so coupons? This, I, these are years worth of love coupons. Wow, um, you have a lot of them? I, oh, I, I love have, these. I have so many that Can are not, half of them? not cashed in. Um, all right. <laughs> sure. Let me have half and you have half and we'll read them back and forth. Okay. These are all ones that I made for you. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Sorry, I'm off mic. No, sorry. <laughs> all right. Now there's some joke ones in here, so we might have to self-censor as we go. All right. Yeah. Uh, we, because if, gonna, if you think they're, you know, if you think that they don't, people won't get it, we'll have to explain it too much. Right. We can skip them. Right. But. So for example, here's one love coupon. Good for one week. This is from Chuck to Brad. Good for one week of referring to you as cool dude Brad. <laughs> That's a great one. I almost cashed that in before Comic-Con because then when we're like talking to cool celebrities. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Uh, Chuck to Brad. One coupon where Chuck will confront someone to correct a social injustice for you. That's uh, a, that's a re- almost a real one. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do that, so I'm glad you're there for me. How about this? One coupon where Chuck must use the hashtag, hashtag, Brad is cooler than me for a week. No sarcasm allowed. Wow. Uh, good for one edit <laughs> to make a pornography film of your choice into a G-rated movie. <laughs> one coupon where Chuck meets a hot girl and refers to Brad as the Channing Tatum of the group. Nice. That's hilarious. Uh, lap dance. There's a series of like five about lap dance jokes. I'm going to skip those. Oh my God. Can I, I'm just going to tell the story behind that without naming the person. Okay. I think the joke was, oh wait, was that the one about Fairchild? Yes. Oh, that's, that's a really good one. It's, well, it's, yeah, it's also one from, uh, somebody else in your life. Uh, yeah. So basically, cause I was thinking about the one where it was, there was one where I went out with Brad and a couple of his friends and I made some jokes that were not off color, but they I were, think those are in your stack. Yes. But they were a little. Someone was a little offended by them. Yes. And later at his birthday, one of the coupons was like a preemptive coupon that I was going to do that so that they wouldn't come to his birthday. Yeah. That's and it. the people there that knew her were pretty offended. They were not delighted. <clears throat> uh, good for one stone cold stunner during my best man speech at Lou's wedding. Oh, so that's out of date. Seven one, years. One coupon for a squashed beef with anyone in the known universe. We didn't actually use How about that. this? One coupon to make, <laughs> to, to make a squashed beef for anyone in the known universe with asterisk. Squashed beef is a disappointing English yes. dish. That's hilarious. Uh, good for one email where I purposely include grammatical and spe- spelling errors just so you can correct me. <laughs> Thank you. One free semester of clitoris tickling 101 with Professor Staten. Ah, that goes well with this one. Good for one vagina eating instructional seminar. <laughs> that was so funny. One this this coupon tells you one week where you're chucking on Brad and you get to be a cool dude all week and I'll go to your job and be a hopeless and pathetic nine to five stiff. Good for one time where we watch Family Matters and Urkel does something ridiculous and I don't give you a knowing look, <laughs> like because you're exactly like him. That is so funny, man. It's funny. You know what's consistent on these because they're through the years, so they're different designs. Yep. But the two B's with a heart between them are yep. on all of them. Uh, these two go together. Uh, good for one time where I shave your head and trim your beard with a straight razor like an old-timey barber. <laughs> and the next one, good for one instance of apologizing to your parents and planning your funeral. <laughs> I got a couple that go together. This coupon, coupon entitles you to one accidental naked text message picture of Gina's boobs. I'll yep. tell her I'm taking it for medical reasons or something. Next one, one accidental naked text message of a picture of Lou's boobs. I'll just forward one of the many I currently have. 
The next one, one forwarded text message thread from Lou that mostly contains variations of him saying, when will we bring these pictures to a doctor and should I be concerned? That's funny. Good for one argument where I pretend you're right. <laughs> uh, good. Uh, this coupon entitles you to me agreeing to take down my parody Brad Roar account on OkCupid that I've been running for the past four and a half years. <laughs> Oh, this coupon entitles you to me also agreeing to stop using my parody Brad Roar OkCupid okay, account to con- contact the women you date after your second date with them. Always starting with this sentence. This is my new super legitimate OkCupid okay, <laughs> account. Good for one coupon where Chuck is on the opposite team in the final inning of the big game and he's up to bat and you want to be the star player. So I'll hit a pop fly to center field and then you'll catch it and I'll pretend to be sad. But really, I wanted you to catch it. And then me and you will wink at each other all secretive. Oh, that's funny. These are so fun. All right. Uh, one time where I hang out with Abe and Fawn, our old friends, uh, hang out with Abe and Fawn's three-year-old son, Grayson, and don't point at you and secretly whisper that his destiny is to someday end your life. That's funny. Uh, one coupon for a sweet night of cheese, pizza, root beer, and any Die Hard movie. And there's an asterisk, except Die Hard 5. Oh, that's funny. Let me see. Uh, I'm just, I'm going through the ones that are serious. I probably, yeah, I probably have two more. Yeah. Um... Uh, By the way, I also have like the ones you talked about in couples where it's like I get to choose where we eat and I get to choose the movie. Yeah, I was going to say those are the yeah. ones I have left are the serious ones. Yeah. So I don't have any more right, left. One coupon where Chuck loses to you in a video game to make you feel good about yourself. So if this ever happens, rest assured, it's just Chuck <laughs> preemptively cashing this coupon in for you. <laughs> That's good, too. And then uh, one coupon for Chuck to overlook your childish behavior with an asterisk. And then the asterisk is this has been in- left intentionally vague. <laughs> Those so, are funny. Love coupons. And also... Great way to show your friends that you love them. Yeah, and I think also, like, those are just the ones that I made for you. Yes. I've made a lot of them for other people, too. And you've made a bunch for me that are really funny. Yes. So you don't know the ones that you made for me? I don't. I, I You don't have access to them? I will... I will quickly search my google drive for the phrase love yeah. coupons this this is a really i mean honestly i know there's there's one of you and our friend abe who is you know a, a smaller fellow and it's where yes. you call him boss oh yeah it's like one week where i i pretend you're big and i'm small and i call you boss that's yeah, it, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a funny one yeah um i mean you know this isn't the type of podcast that we do usually but uh if you if you are looking for a fun um you know like like silly creative funny gift that doesn't cost anything and but you want to show your friend you're thinking about him that's a cool way to there's a cool way to think of something just think of like an inside joke with you and your friend something about them whatever and uh, make some love coupons that are funny i think they're on my work computer which yeah is that's not all right sorry that's okay um <clears throat> yeah i have some i have some funny ones anyway um so love coupons are a good thing and i i try to do them you know i do them at least once a year because we, we do them for your birthday i do them for christmas sometimes all right, let's move on to 2016. In 2016, on Christmas, I was still uh, dealing with the house fire. Yes, you were I was, almost back in, in right. Staten Manor, but not quite. Right. The house the house I live in, we refer to it as Staten Manor. Um, you know, the original Staten Manor, which burned down in 2015, uh, was built in like 1892 or something. Uh, that's when Columbus sailed the ocean blue. And... Uh, I, don't, I don't know that that's... And uh, it was really old inside. It had like horsehair plaster on the walls, like kind of like, you know, older style, like wood paneling and older paint. And like the, the kitchen was really kind of designed tightly and weird. Like the pantry was off. It really kind of hurt the house in terms of space. Yeah. So moving back in was kind of cool because I got to redesign the entire floor plan, but the move kept getting pushed back. Yeah. So originally it was by the end of the summer, 
Then I think it was October 1st. Then I think it was November 11th. Yes, it was. And then it was pushed to January 1st. On like November 4th, it was pushed to January 1st because I was in the car when you got the phone call. Yes. And what happened was I was living in this like luxury apartment complex that was suggested by my insurance company. So I said, sure, in Providence called uh, Regency Plaza. It was it was like living in Home Alone 2. It was crazy. So, but the thing is, they book way far in advance. So I only had it until November 1st. Or no, maybe, uh, maybe November 11th. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, I guess I have to move back in with my parents. So for the Christmas season of 2016, I was living with my parents for the final few weeks right. before we moved back in the house. And you know what's a good memory from that time that I remember? It has nothing to do with creativity. I just remember I slept in one room and I treated this front room that was pretty small as like my living room. Right. <clears throat> and so we would all like gather in there and pile on top of each other. Yes. Right? Yeah. And I remember it might have been me, Gina, you, Lou, Laura, Michaela, our friends, watching Krampus. Oh, yeah. And we were about to watch it. My dad walks in at 1030 at night and he goes, hey, Chuck, my internet's not working on my computer in the office because he he works from his office in the house. And he made me stop the movie and go help him with his internet. And I was like, this is why I do not I remember going over there to wrap gifts with you and Gina. And, you know, we turned on Netflix and it was one of the like Christmas dog movies. Oh. And it was, you know, abysmal, but uh, so much fun hanging oh, out yeah. and uh, yeah. talking about how abysmal the movie was as you guys did your rapping. Yes. And, you know, I'll say this, and this is something we have not brought up on the podcast, but I was thinking about it today. My parents' house is a weird hub for our creativity mm-hmm. and our closeness and our comfort. Yeah. Which is where we spend a lot of holidays you know, we filmed uh, Sunday Jeff's puppet show in their basement because they have a much right. bigger basement than I do. Um, we've done a lot of crafts there. We've done a lot of movie watching there. And it's just a very welcoming, you know, and let's be honest, it's a little bit hoity-toity. It's, well, a, it's a very nice house. Yeah. And uh, they have this big open floor plan all throughout. My mom is always making delicious food. It's yes. a big open living room where she'll be like, let me make everybody hot chocolate. I made these desserts. And like, we might go there at night on Thanksgiving and you just have all the leftovers and all the desserts. And like, I think this year we watched, what, Home Alone 2? Yes. And so it's a, it's this place for us that's kind of like a warm... It almost feels like a second home to me still. Yeah. Which is weird because I didn't grow up there. This is yeah. a house that they built essentially right when my house burned down. Right. I said earlier that I moved twice. That's because, as Brad was kind of getting into, I had my house burned down. I moved into their old house that night, but they were in the middle, or not even the middle, at the end of building a new house. So nine days later, I actually moved with them from their old house that I kind of grew up in a lot to the new house. Right. And so I was there for the first, I think, five weeks as they were living in that new house. Yes. Um, But we still spend a lot of time there. I work there one day a week. So like I help out at my dad's landscaping company. So I'm there all day, one day a week. I usually have dinner with them. We have our holidays there. We film there. We stop there all the time to grab stuff. My mom's always making food. Right. So uh, it's still a really important place to me. But uh, 2016, that's where I was living for the final month of being out of my own house. I spent a lot of that month researching furniture for my new house because I had to yes. refurnish my entire house. All right. So that month... Uh, Senior Discount, my band, we played a show with the Ataris in Newport, Rhode Island. That was uh, that was fun because while, like between bands, we were sit- like at the, in the restaurant part, 
And uh, we almost got our friend Michaela. We, we were like, oh, try this. It's coffee tequila. And she's like, I don't know. And it was in a little like like a shot glass, but not quite a shot glass. And we almost, almost got her to, to, to shoot it. What was it? Au jus. <laughs> For a beef dip? Yep. Want to hear a weird night? Think about that night. Who reconnected that night? Was it Christian and Melissa? Christian, my drummer and cousin, and his now wife, Melissa, wow. reconnected that night at that show. Wow. All thanks to the Ataris. All thanks to Chuck, somehow. Yeah, somehow. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I remember that on top of that show, beforehand, Max Sood, who was our old friend, who was the lead guitarist of Senior Discount, my band at that time, he and I went to downtown Warren. And we played an acoustic version of the MXPX song Christmas Day, which is a song that I love. We did an acoustic version of it downtown in front of the the uh, town hall lights. Yep. And I made essentially a montage video similar to these podcasts of all the creative Christmas stuff we did over the years. It was Senior Discount playing the Christmas medley at Lupo's, right. clips from our video Fug on the Rooftop, all the whatever we did up, you know, Christmas stuff up to that point. Um, and we did that acoustic uh, and that was really fun. And then... We kind of did what I consider to be maybe one of our landmark Christmas episodes. One of my, I'd say top three uh, Christmas episodes, which was episode 293 of the Chuck and Brad podcast, our Christmas games episode. Loved it. Now this game, this is, to be honest, we don't do a ton of game episodes in the podcast. We've maybe done like maybe five episodes where we played games and some of them are just me and you. Yeah. Because me and you did did like a newlywed game episode for Halloween one year. Yeah. And uh, Uh, don't, you know, we don't have to bring anything mm, up about that. Yeah, you know, I think that so far I've explained why I haven't lived up to my half of the deal on that so far. No? That's right. The, the deal is done. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's not. It was a different book that you were... All right. What, well, go ahead. You it's right. It, I thought it. it was Friday the 13th Road Trip that you were supposed to do a book report about. No, not the case. Not. No, yeah. it's not. We did a newlywed game episode where Gina, my girlfriend, had to... She made up all these different questions about who knows each other more. Does Brad know Chuck more? Does Chuck know Brad more? And... Uh, this, is, this must have been our 2016 episode, right? Yeah. Of Halloween, because it was while we were at Regency Plaza. Yes, it was. And you won by like this, like a fraction of a point. That's correct. And the w- loser had to make a book report about the fictional wrestler Kane's autobiography, which yes. is a real book that came out. And I haven't done it yet. It's true. It's been four years. But it's coming. It's it's just a, it's a, it's a tough read. Yep. Do you believe that? I do believe it because I, <laughs> I read the first page and I was like, oh, no. Oh, my God. Anyway, at, you know, 2016, we did yeah, the Christmas, Christmas games, the yes. Christmas games episode 293. And it was basically Team Brad versus Team Chuck. Right. And it was myself, my drummer, Christian and cousin, uh, I believe senior discount bassist Abe and his wife, Fawn. Yep. Is that my whole team? Yes. Versus you, yes, with senior discount guitarist Maxud at the time, yes, my girlfriend Gina, yes, and Maxud's girlfriend at the time, Liv. That's correct. Right? And we had three judges. We had three judges: Brian Lau, our buddy who's been on a bunch of our episodes, including the Halloween movie recap episodes. Yep. Our friend Michaela, beautiful tall Amazon, and uh, Jordan Furtado, my yep. uh, my longtime friend and roommate, uh, as well as Timekeeper. Uh, Sam State and my brother, yep, and audio producer Sean Murphy from Christian's other band. And this was all as was at your parents' house. It was at my parents' house. We were yep. just talking about it. Yep. How while we do all these things there, uh, all around one table, thirteen people around one table. We came up with all these games, and I want to say it's weird because a lot of podcasts do games. 
but most of those games are kind of based on just in the moment you re- respond to something. Right. Our games episode was way more about writing stuff beforehand. So it would be like, you have to take the plot of a movie, a Christmas movie, and condense it to a Twitter-like uh, description, a synopsis. Right. Yep. And but make it misleading so it doesn't sound like the oh, movie. Oh man, we argued about we argued Twitter like synopsis. Yeah. Oh my god, we did. And what we did was like you know we'd be like, all right, Die Hard, and both of teams would have to come up with a synopsis for Die Hard that's right. misleading and funny, and the judges would basically have to judge it on which one is funnier. Yeah, we did that. We did a game where you had to write your own new Christmas poem. Yep. Um, bunch of stuff where basically you're kind of competing in terms of who's funnier. Yeah. But it's all stuff beforehand. Um, and I'll be honest. If you want to go back and listen to episode 293, go to com slash Christmas and you'll find it. However, the reason I didn't include a lot of clips in this episode from that was because that episode has a lot of inside jokes. That's correct. It has a lot of references to people who used to be involved with our group and have been on the podcast over the years. But if you're a new listener, you might not know exactly who they are. Right. So it's tough to pull clips from it and put them in here and have context for them. I want I don't want anyone to feel lost. I want everyone, you know, that's a big thing with our podcast. We never want we want new listeners to feel welcome. Um, however, we are going to put in one clip. Yes. One of the games. <laughs> okay. In senior discount in my band at the time, my drummer Christian had a feud with our guitarist, Eric Maxu. Right. They just had like a fun joking feud back and forth all the time. Right. And the game was, since they were on separate teams, Maxud had to write a Christmas song about Christian, and Christian had to write a Christmas song about Maxud. Yes. Now, if you know Christian, and you like if he had been on the podcast many times recently, I might include his song as well. If you know him, his is fall down hilarious. Yes. Not intentionally. Not intentionally. Well, semi-intentionally, uh, yeah. mostly not intentionally because it's so dumb and it reaches and it's really a person doing a bad job at something. Yes. However, if you don't know him and it's your first you know, exposure to him, you might not think it's that funny. So we're not including it in this episode. Feel free to go back. Episode 293. However, I do want to include Max Sood's song. Yes. Max Sood's song the reason it's funny is because Maxud is a childish guy, you know, he's a yes. naive guy. Yep. He basically just wanted to make the fun of fun of the fact that Christian drinks a lot. Yes. You know, that's his whole the whole song was about that. He picked an obscure Christmas song that nobody knows. That's correct. And he wrote the meanest Christmas song about Christian. And and I guess if you think about it as two little kids having a feud and one kid writing this song, it's fucking hilarious and his delivery is hilarious so here's a clip from our christmas games episode sorry real quick Mm -hmm. it says explain warren and bristol in our notes on this oh yeah okay okay. well i'm just 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 because this is part of it we live in a town called warren rhode island and uh bristol is a very small town right next to warren right we're kind of like you know similar towns the only reason i'm bringing it up is because max would will say bristol town in this and christian will say i'm not even in bristol that's, yeah. that's the only reason right. I wanted to make it clear because yeah. I don't want the audience to be lost. But yeah, so here's a clip of episode 293, our Christmas games podcast. There's 13 of us around a table. We're in the middle of a two and a half hour game episode and Maxud is submitting his song about Christian. None of us have heard it before. He's singing it in front of us in this room for the podcast and it's so childish and Christian is the main person you're going to hear responding to it. Um, and here's Maxud singing his song. 
So this song is a parody of Same Old Lang Syne by Dan Fogelberg. This is a pretty semi-obscure Christmas song, but to me is the saddest Christmas song. Okay. Such is Christian's life. This song is titled The Ballad of Christian State and on Christmas. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. I'm going to click play. Yeah. <laughs> this is completely out of my range, by the way. So. Oh, boy. <clears throat> To get like the two gravelliest people to say, <laughs> yes. right. coming in. It was Christmas Eve in Bristol Town, in a house right near the bay. This is great. A lonely man was drinking all alone. He had nothing left to say. <laughs> His name was Christian, and unfortunately. <laughs> He was feeling kind of down He saw how everyone was happy without him And they didn't want him around <laughs> You can't do that There's an instrumental break You know, I've had Christmases like this before <laughs> <laughs> You see, he wasn't a kind person at all. He was just an ugly fuck. A grumpy grouch who hurt those all around him. But this year he pushed his luck. No one invited him to Christmas feasts or got him gifts or sent a card. Our grotesque pal was just neglected this year. All his friends said he went too far. So Christian drank himself to death. In <laughs> lonely nights. With no sense of that Christmas cheer, he'd assumed it would be alright. He logged on Facebook so that he could see if anyone would have been free to spend the night with his snaggletooth ass and to listen to his boorish ramblings. But Chuck and Gina said for him to fuck off after his pranks those years ago. Abe, Fawn, and Kevin all had kids to feed, and Brad simply said no. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. And all his bandmates were disgusted with him and his reckless naivete. So they fired him that very night and told him to die anyways. <laughs> So Christian drank himself to death on a cold and lonely night. There's still two more minutes. <laughs> if only he was good and kind, then you know he'd be alright. He fell first onto the floor in a puddle of his puke. He died the rock star way just like he wanted. Be sure this wasn't a fluke. It's 
Christmas morning down in Bristol town. Snow is falling from the sky. I'm walking to the door of Christian's house with a gift and to say hi. (laughs) But then I opened up the door to his home. A dreadful stench had filled the air. Christian's present went and hit the ground when I saw his body there. The end. I love it. That was the meanest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I love yeah. it so he, much. he does live in Warren. Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of inaccurate. And, uh, that was great. What'd you think, Brad? <laughs> I'd blocked that out from my memory oh, for, for so low much. these many years. Oh, it's so dumb. It is. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, that, it was, it was such a weird part of a fun night. And it was the thing where I'm like, does he have to still be on my team? <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. We had a great time that night. We did we a do. lot of we games. We did, and, and we got the first snow of the season that night. Yeah. That was a very... That was one of my all-time Christmas highlights. Yes. In my whole life. Yes. Um, We did a lot of... uh, We did a lot of Christmas stuff that year uh, creatively for our private gifts. Yes. Um, one of the things we did, we you know, we talked about this in the last episode. We usually have a big thing that we call Friend Christmas, where, you know, between 8 and 13 of us get together and all exchange presents. And a lot of them are creative presents and we'll spend a lot of time on them. Um, so at this one, we did, we rewrote the, the uh, elf on the shelf poem yes. about our friend Fawn and called it milf on the shelf. Right. And it was all about how she was like a slutty toy. Right. And she was banging all the other toys. So right. the whole thing is a poem about the other toys. I just read it. It's very funny. Um, and uh, we get tickets to um, Real Big Fish. They're a ska band. They did an anniversary tour of the, of the of the CD, Turn the Radio Off. And that was the CD that was the reason that me and Lou became friends in like 2001. Right. Because his CD broke. I was the only person in our school that had a CD burner. Right. And we didn't even really like each other at the time, but right. he asked me to make that form and that's how we became friends. So we got a bunch of that, us tickets to that like i think it was like you know nine of us went to that yeah and we gave everybody tickets for christmas but to give lou the ticket instead of instead of just giving him a ticket you know like normal people do you and i wrote a christmas story yes we did and it was about you and i creating a time traveling teepee it sure was we went back in time to other stories we wrote from uh previous years of birthdays and all this different stuff previous christmases in real life and eventually I think the idea was, it was called Luparella's Lackluster Party Poopage. That's the name of it. Yep. And the idea was that he didn't have Christmas spirit. We were trying to bring it back. Yep. And the conclusion at the end of the card is that we have to go back to the first time he ever met me because it was the happiest moment of his life. Yes. And we went back to when I, you know, I made that CD for him and that's when I, I gave him the ticket to the anniversary show. Right. Um. And uh, that was a great story, man. It was really, oh, really funny. Yes. Lots of drawings, lots of uh, lots of writing. Right. And uh, oh man, I love those stories. They're so fucking funny. I always want to think of a way we could put it some out there, but it's tough. Yes. Tough in these cancel culture days. We would. <laughs> we would. Uh, 
we would be uh, canceled from Earth. Yeah. We would be launched into space. And another historic thing happened that day um, when we did our How the Grinch Stole Christmas retelling. Right. Why don't you explain that? Um, I am a terrible artist. I can't draw well. Nothing I put to paper looks like what it's supposed to, uh, but I try hard. And Chuck thinks this is hilarious. So in previous years, we had done retellings, very, very abbreviated retellings of The Lion King and Toy Story. And this year we did How the Grinch Stole Christmas. What will happen is Brad will draw every scene from from a movie and and I'll take the the, the scenes and I'll kind of make my own narration based on what they look like. And we would do these smaller versions for Christmas. We did Lion King first because it was my girlfriend's favorite movie. Right. And at this year, we did How the Grinch Stole Christmas, I think, for everybody. Yes. Right. And it uh, it expanded. It was it was uh, more drawings than previous years, and it was a longer script than previous years. Mm-hmm. And so we would display the images on, uh, you know, a, a big TV. Yes. And I would read the script to everyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was fun, and it was funny. And it was funny, and what was interesting is Brad's drawings were so bad, and I thought the script was so funny. That the next year after this, which yes. we'll get to, actually, maybe we'll do a little cliffhanger. Yeah. This, that, how the Grinch stole Christmas retelling continued to become, to continue to be important in a bigger way the following year. Right. So that's, that's basically what I think of in the, uh, in that year. Let me see. I want to see if there's any MILF on the shelf stuff I can read. Let me see. I, yeah, I, it's, it's weird because yeah. I don't really remember it. I, I, I remember know. it ended like heartwarmingly. I know. It, did, it definitely ended heartwarmingly. The end was, uh, that the reason that she was a MILF on the shelf as opposed to watching over her son Grayson was because he was so well behaved all the time that, that she, she didn't, didn't have to. any yeah. yeah. Um uh <laughs> um wow. I don't know which ones we can read. They're kind of offensive. Yeah, they, <laughs> they sure are. <laughs> she ends up killing people. Wow, that's funny. She has sex with all the ninja turtles. <laughs> Raphael was in her mouth so fast it was it was heinous. What, what, do you, what do you think the next line is? I don't know, but we should stop. <laughs> Michelangelo called Vag. We <laughs> Leonardo <laughs> with Leonardo in her anus. What's funny is uh okay <laughs> it's for some reason it says Leonard instead of Leonardo. It's just a typo, but it kind of makes it funnier. <laughs> Raphael was in her mouth so fast it was heinous. Michelangelo called Vag well Leonardo in her anus. Donatello hungrily watched their genitals collide. Splinter looked up from the shadows and cried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Splints. Oh, that was so funny. It was all about her banging all the toys. Yeah. The Chuck and Brad podcast action figures were there. Brad came with a microphone. Chuck came with his hair. Fawn's titties did shake and all the toys watched. Chuck just froze and Brad touched his crotch. Sorry to be clear. By his, I meant Chuck's. <laughs> Afterwards, Chuck handed Brad 20 bucks. <laughs> Why do these toys need money if they just stayed in this home? Please ignore the logical leaps in our poem. <laughs> I don't know how much of this poem I contributed to, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> That's it. The idea of sorry to be clear by his and Chuck's afterward Chuck ended Brad 20 bucks is really funny. Yeah, that's why I don't think it's mine. So that's one of the uh so that's one of the things. I want to see like it's funny because I know that we're trying to explain these like pretty clearly. Um but it is I I bet it is hard for people to picture what the hell we're talking about. We talk about these like oh they made a card but it's a book. Right. You know, we, we draw it like uh I'll draw everything by hand when I draw my stuff. So does Brad. We draw by hand on a, on a blank white piece of paper, like a traditional piece of paper, and then we scan it in. 
And then once in a while, I'll put accent colors in it. Like right. I think for that, the Lou one, I think in every frame, your Santa hat is red. Yeah. Right. Something like that. Um, and, uh, then we'll put them in order and we'll write a narration and we, yeah, like Brad said, we'll put them on a TV and he'll read in front yeah. of it. So he'll kind of say next and we'll go to the next picture. Right. Um, just, I was just in, just in case people were kind of like, what the hell are you talking about? I'd love to read a little passage from the Lou thing. So that was 2016, right? That's correct. Yes. All right. 2016. Chuck and Brad. Wow. I don't see the, I don't see this in here. Yeah. Neither do I. I wonder why. I don't know where. All right. I got some images right here. So this one actually didn't really have a narration because we wrote dialogue for these characters. So what we did was we put it on a screen with the pages and then we, uh, we just read the dialogue. So first one, you know, so just, just to give you an idea, first page says Providence Place Mall, December, 2016. And it's a, you know, a crude drawing that I made of Brad and I in the Providence Place Mall in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, and they used to have these, they still probably have them, these huge Christmas ornaments hanging in the middle of the mall, like these huge Christmas balls. I love them. And it's Brad and I swinging on them in the mall, singing our Hobos and Mistletoe song oh boy. from a couple of years ago, from a couple of years before that, with two security guards with guns drawn trying to get us to stop. But we're clearly having a great time. You, Brad says, this is page two, Brad, do you think these security guards will shoot us? Chuck, nah, they've got no balls. Next next panel, Chuck. We hey, we should go see Lou. Brad. Lou Perella? Chuck. Yeah. Brad. I love that guy. Chuck. Oh man, me too. Brad. Best guy ever. Chuck. Hell yeah. Brad. Do we have to say hi to his dick of a son too? Ch- Chuck. Ew, I guess. And that's a reference to the fact that Lou's dad is also named Lou. It's hard. It's hard. I want to read this yeah. stuff, but it's too inside, right. I guess. Yeah. Oh, it's too bad. I'd love to Yeah. Anyway, the whole po- the whole thing is about how Lou doesn't have any uh Christmas spirit. And uh, we go back in time, like I was saying earlier. But uh, oh, these are so funny, though. They're so fun. It's tough. Anyway, all right, let's continue. I don't want to waste anybody's time with okay. that stuff. All right, moving forward. Sorry about that. All right, 2017. Now, let's. Uh, I want to keep this real positive, real happy, going forward. Snap, snap, snippity, snap. Snoop, snoop. Truthfully, if I'm being honest, we did all these big creative gifts for people. A lot of those people would simply disappear from our lives afterwards. Yeah. Over the years, we spent a lot of time with these different people that we really cared about a lot and that we looked at as longtime friends and we're all together, big family thing, this whole Christmas idea that we've been pushing. And they would, from my point of view, not care about that relationship. And they would just disappear or do things that were really inconsiderate or hurtful or whatever. And they'd be gone by the next year. And by 2017, I think so much of that stuff had happened that I said, you know, to myself at least, I don't really want to put the creative effort into these gifts anymore for people who might just be gone out of our lives. And now those gifts make me sad and all this effort makes me sad to look back on. Right. You know, Um, let's put our creative efforts more towards performative things that are for a lot of people. Yes. And so for 2017, for the first time, we decided that for Christmas, we would do a live comedy show right. at a comedy club. Yes. Not exactly stand-up, kind of in-between sketch. It's almost like The Muppet Show, where it is performative. We were obviously putting on a show. It's obviously scripted comedy, but we're acknowledging the audience. And the idea is, we're going to go on stage, 
and we're going to be kind of having a show that's falling apart. Yes. Right? Yes. And our first Christmas show was called Chuck and Brad's Best Christmas Show Ever. That's correct. We made a series of videos that led up to it. So we're going to talk about all this stuff, and then I'm going to give you uh, my calendar because I have it. What we did was this. We said, let's do a Christmas show. The shows that we do are about 90 minutes long, the live comedy shows in a comedy club. We do the shows at the Comedy Connection in East Providence, Rhode Island. We said, let's have a couple of stand-up comics. Let's write four segments. Now, that year, what were the segments we did? Whew, uh, let's see. I know we did uh, the audience uh, peanut butter balls. We got super spicy oh. peanut butter balls. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, you know, peanut butter, spicy roulette or whatever, mm-hmm. um, where we claimed... What we I, I believe we said one of these peanut butter balls is made of ghost pepper peanut butter. But what we failed to mention was all of them were made of ghost pepper peanut butter. All right, let me see. Let me see. So I know I that segment was one of them. Yes, let me let me so to explain that basically, we got a sponsor of the show, Bun, Bonehead's Wing Bar. They have a ghost pepper wing sauce. Right. So they made us the special um I guess I guess it was just dough that yeah. year. And we wanted to include some kind of audience participation thing. Right. We weren't really sure what to do. And that's what we came up with. The idea of calling people up, telling people they might eat a ghost pepper gingerbread cookie and have no, this, this peanut butter ball. I'm sorry, peanut butter ball. Yeah. Sorry, peanut butter ball. They might eat a ghost pepper peanut butter ball and then tricking the audience and having them all be peanut butter balls. Yes. And they all they all received prizes, which right. our, our other right. sponsor was RI Food Fights. Right. And the Monday or Monday, January is their Lord of the Wings competition, blah blah blah. You can eat wings from a bunch of different restaurants and so they all got free passes. Yes. to to that. So Yes, but that's a, so that's that's the oddity of the night. That's right. not what the night is like. Right. That's kind of the that's that that doesn't represent what our show is. Our show is mostly scripted comedy. Right. So that night, I believe the idea was I wanted to put on the best Christmas show ever. Right. You thought I was setting our my, th- that goal is too lofty. That's correct. And so the script of the show, the backbone of the show was that I was saying to you on stage, if we put on the best Christmas show ever, Santa's chorus is going to come and sing us off stage at the end of the night. Yes. Those are the rules. We made a big fake Christmas rule book. Yes, we, we did. We opened it up on stage and it said, if you put on the best Christmas show ever, remember that? Uh, it's if ye or thee <laughs> put on the best... <laughs> Christmas. I'm trying to find the script. Hold on. Let me, let me get the script. Okay. I got the script right here. All right. So basically we come out on stage and we, the whole idea was like, it was almost like we're trying to put on a good show and we don't really know how. And so we come on stage, we open it up. We say that whole thing about the Christmas that, you know, if we put on the best Christmas show ever, the chorus will show up to sing us off stage. You tell me that, uh, <laughs> you tell me that you don't think it's going to happen. Now, as it says in, in, our, in our script, and tell me if you remember this, I reveal a letter and threaten you. Do you remember what that is? Not really. Oh, man. It's, it's tough because we, we've done so many live comedy shows now like this, in this style. It's hard for us to remember every aspect of it, but we do have the video of it. So yes. if we ever needed to repeat it, we could. I'm surprised we don't have a specific uh, script for this. Um, but uh, what we did at that point in time was we called Ray Harrington on a stage, our buddy who's a big who's a successful comedian who lives in this area, mm-hmm. and he hates our puns. And we had a we had a bit called Rejected Christmas Songs where we come up with all different types of songs. It's kind of like our Rejected Halloween costumes bit where it's like puns. Yeah. Um, we did it, and I think that did we end up with ones about Ray? 
Uh, no, we, did, we, we ended with uh, may, maybe, but not as many as we did with the Halloween show. Where yes. It was, yeah. Too many. We yeah. did too many at our Halloween oh, show. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was our first bit. Stand-up comic came on. We came back out. And here's where that Grinch story from 2016 comes back. Yes. So what happened was we were trying to figure out bits for the show. We, we, we were like short one bit. And I was like, what if we do that, that bit where you redraw the Grinch in front of the audience? And you're like, no, it's not going to work. I don't want to do it. And we said, I, I also didn't know if it was going to work. So we had you come out and we did that bit. You know, yes. we did the whole narration and it brought the house down. Yeah, they loved it. That's the first time we ever did that bit. And now we've gone on to do many versions of that bit with right. Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, Spider-Man, Avengers, a bunch of them. That was the first time we did it. Came out again. Well, stand-up community came out. Then we came out again. We did the peanut butter ball thing. Right. Audience participation. Uh, had another stand-up community come out. Then we came up last... And we called Ray on stage again. And at this point in the show, the relationships that we've kind of put out there for the audience are like, I'm all for this. I think we can put on the best Christmas show ever. You are basically like on board to put on a great Christmas show, but you think I'm doing something, um, you know. Uh, impossible. I, yeah, I, impossible. I, I, I think you're, you're setting yourself up yes. for disappointment. You want to do a great show too. Yes. And Ray, his character in the show at this point, is almost like reluctantly part of the show. We're kind of dragging him through. Yep. And here's the thing. None of Ray's stuff was actually scripted. He, we were just like, we're not going to tell you what we're going to do. Just come on stage and react. We right. knew how he'd react. Yes. So he wrote all this stuff. So he comes up to close the show. And this is one of my favorite things we ever did live. We said uh, we wanted to you know, do the best Christmas show ever. How could you do the best Christmas show ever without the most classic Christmas story ever? We wrote the entire play of A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. And Ray, you're going to play all the ghosts. And we handed him a script. Yep. And we had our scripts. And we did the whole story of A Christmas Carol on stage in front of that audience with him playing all the ghosts with all our own jokes and callbacks to stuff earlier in the show. And it was fucking awesome. It was so funny. Ray was so good. The audience reacted so well. They totally got the bit. It's kind of like an Impractical Jokers thing, if you think about it, because you're kind of taking someone and putting them on the spot performatively. Right. And that's kind of what it is. It's almost like the prank is on the people performing. Yes. Um, and I'm not sure exactly how this transitioned into the ending, but while we're on stage and we're closing the show, I think we have a moment of loss, and I'm like, the, the chorus didn't come out. I can't believe this. We didn't put on the best Christmas show ever. And a chorus starts. And three people come out from the side singing Christmas songs and it's a chorus and they come up on stage and they sing some Christmas songs and they sing us off and we put on the best Christmas show ever. Now let's tell the real story behind the scenes. We were desperately, after we wrote this ending, we were desperately trying to find a Christmas chorus. Yes. We were reaching out to everyone we could possibly know in the local singing community, the choir community, choral, acapella, whatever. Everyone's saying no. Some people are like, fuck you. You should book this months in advance. And I'm like... We just need a couple people to show up for like 10 minutes. Right. And the thing is, Brad and I are used to like fucking real, like down, dirty, like performance. Like my yeah. band, put my punk band, we've played shows in front of 2,500 people. And yes, we show up last minute and play sets in different places. We're ready to go. We fucking, we get it done. You're doing improv shows. We do the podcast. All of our art and the performative art that we do is like... We have these skills ready to go and we fucking bang them out. Yeah. So to me, if there was a small group of people who were doing other Christmas concerts, why couldn't they show up at 915 on a, on a random Sunday and do three songs? Right. Right. 
<clears throat> I had a big fight with one of those fucking groups back behind the scenes. But anyway, I, I remember everyone was so like it was so hard to get people. We went into the show that night and I had talked to someone. He's like, I'm going to try to get more people. I don't know if I can get them. We weren't even sure if they were going to show up. So we went on stage that night with two possible endings to the show. Yes. One for if the chorus doesn't show up. Yep. And one for if they do show up. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. That's exciting. Now that's a Christmas it, it miracle. Was, it was. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it, it really is. But we were shitting our pants. Yeah. Like we were like fucked up. But uh, they did show up during the show because we're going back and forth. We're we're like, you know, 10 to 15 minutes on stage, you know, seven minutes back backstage, 10 to 15 minutes on stage because we're performing it and running it. it. Everything is us. And uh I think the show was great. I think it went off without a hitch. It was awesome. Yeah. It was our second show at the Comedy Connection where they get let us just like headline a night and do whatever we want. Right. And I think both of them came out really good. The first one was the Halloween show. Yeah. Um, there was an element in this show. We don't have to think about it too much, but uh, I remember that I wrote a letter to Santa and I said something to you early on and it fell out of my pocket and then you read it on stage in front of the audience and like you were sad and it made you think that we could put on the best Christmas show ever by the end of the show. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. That you stormed off stage at the end of the peanut butter balls bit. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that was 2017. Okay. Surrounding the show, other things we did. We did a lot. I was working on the, the elephants in the room, uh, Blu-ray for Tell Him Steve David this time. I just started writing for the uh, magazine Motif Magazine. Right. And I did do. my first article for them that month, which was about Star Wars because the new Star Wars was coming out. Um, we did a three video video series leading yes. up to this show. It was our first time doing this big Christmas show. And just to get the whole, get to promote and to get the idea across, we were doing a video series called the road to the best Christmas show ever. And we wanted to do three, like seven minute videos that were episodic. That were basically me convincing you that we could do this. Right. And we didn't even know what they were going to be. We, we came up with loose bits and we got our crew, which was Sean Murphy, who had done the audio production on our games episode the year before, and yep. Aaron Frank, and a pancake, I think, helped us, Mike yep. Mike. Mike Florio. Yep. He, come, he came and did audio and he took pictures for our flyer. And we would just go to a location that was Christmassy and we'd say, okay, today it's going to be Chuck introduces Brad to this idea. He's trying to convince him that we can do it. You know, and we'd have little bits like I had those terrible Christmas jackets. Yep. And I was like, we can wear these all month long. And everything we said, we'd come up with in the moment. It was all improv. Right. So we, sh we filmed the first one on Main Street in Warren. And that was the one where I told you that I booked the show. And you were like, you didn't even ask me. And I'm like, we can do it. You're like, we only have three weeks. And I'm like, we can put on the best Christmas show ever. And you're trying to say like, it's going to be a good show. And I'm like, best Christmas show ever. Yep. And you're like, best Christmas show ever. And you shake my hand. We did that one. Second episode, which uh, was... We went to my house for a decorating party. I'm trying to make a manger scene with all these pop culture figures. Yep. And we have this whole bit running with that. Me and you go in the basement. We get all our Christmas decorations up. We're all decorating together. A bunch of people show up. I felt confident about the best Christmas show ever because you said while you were home in Indiana, yes, I wrote right. I wrote the whole show. And I'm yes. like, oh, that, Brad, that's great. That's right. Brad had gone home to Indiana and I told him that I booked the whole show and wrote the whole show. So he was very happy. He was like, maybe we can. Maybe we can. Final beat of it is that Brad sees me text Gina. He sees it come up on her phone. I don't know what to do. I lied to Brad about writing the show and I haven't even started yet. And that's how that episode ends. Right. Third episode, we go to this park next to the uh, skating rink in Providence and I come to you. We're wearing our Christmas jackets and I say to you, 
I don't think we can do it. We can't pull the show together. We only have two days or three days or whatever. And you are like, you turn the tables on me and you go through all the Christmas stuff that we have accomplished over the years. And you're like, you're like, when we tried to do this, what happened? And I'm like, we did it. You're like, we tried to do this. What happened? We did it. Try to do this. What happened? We did it. He goes, and you go, and what are the history books going to say when they, when they, you know, about putting on the best Christmas show ever? I'm going to say, we did it. We did it. Best Christmas show ever. Best Christmas show ever. We handshake just like the first video. Then it goes to a montage of all the Christmas stuff we did. Right. And then it goes to the date of when the show is going to be the comedy connection. So that was leading up to that comedy show. Yeah. I fucking love those videos. They're great. They're awesome. Go to chuckandbradpodcast.com slash Christmas. All those videos are there. It's called the road to Christmas, best Christmas show ever. Episode one, two, and three. So just get keeping people in the loop. We're also doing that during this month as right. well as preparing, as well as trying to find the chorus, as well as um, rehearsing, getting the props together, getting everything ready for the show. And... We had talked to WBRU, one of the biggest independent radio stations in the country, yep. which I had worked with with Senior Discount, local to Providence, and we were doing a weekly half an hour Christmas show on the radio right. for, uh, for BRU leading up to this show. And we were like, we can use this to promote the show. We'll talk about Christmas and what we love about Christmas, different things. And that was called Chuck and Brad's Yuletide Takeover, yes. which is a great name. And we were doing that all through the month. So I actually have my calendar from this month and I want to go through it a little bit. Plus, don't forget, we're going on other podcasts to promote the show and we went to Boneheads, the place that was sponsoring our show, the right. wing place, and we actually filmed a commercial for them where we were eating their ghost pepper wings and we really did that and tried to say our lines for the commercial and that was the joke of it. Yeah. Um, it's, it still like plays on their in-house yes. TV system. Yes, it plays, the, the commercial does. Yeah. So here was our here was my my month leading up to it. Tuesday, November 21st, we go to Boneheads and we film the, the video for Boneheads, the ghost pepper video. Saturday, so that must have been uh, Thanksgiving that week. Saturday, uh, November 25th, we film the first video, the first road to Christmas, best Christmas show ever, yep. and we do the flyer photo shoot. <clears throat> Sunday, the 26th, we have a stand-up show at the Comedy Connection. Okay. Tuesday, November 28th, we go on the social experience podcast to promote the Christmas show Wednesday, the 29th. Oh yeah, that's right. We were also redoing part of senior discounts Christmas medley. Yes. Because now that we were putting it out on digital streaming services, because it previously was released as like a CD. Now I was putting it on iTunes and everything. I thought it needed jingle bells to bridge one part. So we went to our buddy, Justin Morrow's studio called the tree cave, the tree cave. And I was recording those bells with him. He was helping us out. So Wednesday, the, the uh, November 29th, I recorded those bells. Thursday, November 30th, we recorded the first BRU show, You'll Touch Chuck and Brad's Yuletide Ep- uh, Takeover, episode one. Sunday, December 3rd, we filmed the second video. Tuesday, the 5th, I went to the Elf musical in Boston with Gina. I just thought it was fun. From Friday, the, t- the 8th of December to the 10th on Sunday, I went to New Hampshire with my family. I was in Indiana with my family at that time. On Thursday, the 14th, we recorded the second BRU show. Or maybe the second and third. I don't know. Um, Saturday the 16th, we filmed the third video. It was so bloody cold. It was when so that, cold. That we filmed the third video. video. Yeah. Yes. Our, our buddy Katie. Uh, yes, Katie who, Johnson. Yeah. She helped us do the audio. Yes. Monday the 18th, we went on Go Local Prov, a local uh, video you know, news station to promote the show. And Thursday the 21st was the actual Chuck and Brad live show. So it was just right. this crazy month of running around trying to do this stuff. Then how about this? 
Saturday, December 23rd, I had a practice with Senior Discount because we were playing with the Pie Tasters the following weekend. Uh, Thursday, the 28th, we podcasted with Tony Pacitti at the time, the head of Providence Monthly. Uh, I mean, the head editor. And uh, yeah, then I had the uh, the Pie Tasters show on, on t- December 29th. So it was just crazy fucking month of running around right. and just constant creativity. It was writing a comedy show, rehearsing a comedy show, writing the comedy videos, doing improv in the comedy videos, right. then me taking that footage and editing it, um, doing our podcast in this new weird radio form, going on other podcasts and trying to be funny and promoting the show. And then didn't we get interviewed by the Providence Journal somewhere in there? I think so. Yeah, I we think, definitely did. Um, yeah, in fact, it's it's in my it's on my desk in my other room right now. The cat yes. might be asleep on top of it. Yes. Um, so that was that was kind of the first year that I wrote down that we had like a fucking it was, hard time. It was packed. <laughs> it was hard. Yeah. But that show is awesome. That show yeah. is worth it. Um, all right. So we're almost we're almost up to current 2018. Um, we wanted to do a second. Best Christmas show ever. Yes. There's a logical problem. We already did the best Christmas show ever. That's correct. So we called it Chuck and Brad's Even Better Best Christmas Show Ever. Fantastic name. Which is a great name. Um, another show at the Comedy Connection. And it was kind of similar to their first one, except... <laughs> I know we just went through this. What was my my want that for that show? Uh, you. We got letters. We were bastions oh, okay, okay, of Christmas, okay, okay. and we got letters. Yes, here my was letter just... said, "Brad, of course, okay, you, I'll... Brad, are on the nice list." Okay, here's here's what it was. We came out on stage for this show. We're all psyched. We're basically like doing a victory dance from the year before. We're like, right. we put on the best Christmas show ever last year. This is fucking in the bag. Now we're bastions of Christmas. We're on the Chris. We said we're on the Christmas Council with the Grinch and all these different people, and because of that, we get our Christmas letters. Uh, early, letting us know whether or not we're on the naughty or nice list. We expect our audience to really go with us for these shows. And uh, yours says you're on the nice list. Mine says, Chuck, you are not on the nice list. Right. right? So I'm all upset at the show. And uh, what were the bits of the show? I know we recently Segment talked about Segment one. Yes. Things I felt inside me. <laughs> Why don't you explain this bit? Uh, well, the conceit of the bit is that I called Chuck and I said, I have this idea. <laughs> this is a, Let's get... No, hold on. No, let, me, let me back up for the audience here. We're comedians playing fictionalized versions of ourselves on stage. So Brad's nerdier. Yes. Brad's more even mouse-like. I'm stupider. I'm more excitable, more enthusiastic, right? I think I'm also stupider, just in a different way. <laughs> You kind of are. So our story is that I have called Chuck and said, (laughs) get a giant notepad and write down 10 things you felt inside you. And and, and then I get up and I say, all right, uh, the first thing I felt inside me is, and I flip over my notepad and it reads, like, love for my father. And Chuck then looks and he says, "I, I may have misunderstood the bit. And, and, you know, Chuck flips his over and it's a dildo joke. And, and so we go through and mine are like emotional, cathartic, revealing things. And Chuck's are gross. Just <laughs> gross. Stuff that's been in my anus. Yes. The funniest, thing, the funniest thing about this pit that I love so much is the idea that... <laughs> 
You say I have an idea for a bit. There's things I felt inside me, and I go, okay. <laughs> There's no talk about it. And you, we don't, you we don't, don't rehearse it. I don't see your stuff. You don't see my stuff. It's just <laughs> like the idea is like I'm not even curious. <laughs> your direction is. <laughs> just, we both, we're both so sure that the other person is on the same page. <laughs> it's such a good bit, and it's not. It's not. <laughs> we're not happening. So one of my favorite ones is. Uh, you say like my my father my father's love and I flip mine and it's a, a lost dog poster and it yep. says the snout of this lost dog. Yep. Oh my god. Yep. Oh, oh that's, that's great. So funny. Uh, segment two that we did was called "What'd You Stuff in My Stocking?" So, so hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Back up. Okay. So the whole night, the idea is that the show, you know, if you're, if you're it's funny because people just yeah, oh yeah, the, I, I feel so bad because I don't know if people have like a context for what our show is. So it's not like stand up. It's almost like we're just going to do a bunch of bits, but we try to find a running storyline too. Right. That's loose. And so the storyline is like, I'm all upset. And what you say to me at the beginning is tonight is the deadline. Yes. <laughs> to, 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 to be on the nice list. So maybe if we do enough nice things at this show, you can get on the nice list by the end of the show. Right. So we do things I felt inside me that bit. And basically, I'm like, I think I'm going to be doing a nice thing because you asked me to do this bit with you. Right. But in actuality, I've presented this terrible list of things that have been in my anus. <laughs> yes. And also, if you remember the conclusion of the bit, I do. I, I betrayed you in a big way. Yes, you did. <laughs> that joke is so fucking. I'll do. I would do that bit every day of my life. I love that bit. It's such classic comedy. Yeah. I don't want to ruin the conclusion of the nope. podcast, but it's so the way it builds and the conclusion is so funny. That's that's an example of the movie The Prestige. Yes. That's the prestige. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, meaning like there's the joke, the original, there's the original joke, there's the turn, and then there's the prestige, right. which is the real height, uh, heighten of the thing. Anyway, so <clears throat> that's segment one. I fucked up. I'm, I'm not on the, I'm not getting on the nice list. Segment two, what'd you stuff in my stocking? Right. And what's this bit? I'll say, first of all, we had, we had the name. The previous year, and we just didn't do the bit because the peanut butter ball thing, the spicy peanut butter ball thing, we called <laughs> What'd You Stuff in My Peanut Butter Ball? And we explained we were going to do a segment called What'd You Stuff in My Stocking, but we didn't have stockings. I thought it was, so, I thought it was What'd You Put in My Peanut Butter Ball. I, I thought it was all alliteration. No. I thought it was What'd You Put in My Peanut Butter maybe, Ball, maybe What'd You was. Stuff in My Stocking, and What'd You Cram in My Christmas Cookie. <laughs> I thought those were the ideas. Possibly. <laughs> so what'd you, what'd you Stuff in My Stocking was the idea that... <laughs> Was that we had three sto three so stockings each, and uh, I would I would hold one out to Chuck, and he would reach in and try to guess what I put yeah. in that stocking as a as a gift for one another. And we each time we got it right. No, is it? Yeah, I I, I got one right. <laughs> you missed all three, and Every I missed you the phone. You got a Christmas coin, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. And whoever had the most Christmas coins won the game. <laughs> so the first one you put in mind was something like a picture of us together. Yeah. And the one first thing I put in mind was like human shit. That's correct. <laughs> you reached in mine and you're like, is, you said like, is it chunky chunky chowder? <laughs> I remember you wrote, you said that. Yeah. And in you know, mine was like you know, human shit, a bat skeleton, and a big this big greasy dildo. My, my, yeah, mine was a photo of us together, <laughs> a ticket stub from the first show we went to together. <laughs> And then the last one was just love. Yeah. And then, yeah. And, and so mine were, yeah, mine. And then the last one was a big greasy dildo that I found in the dumpster behind a Taco Bell. Yes. And I guess the, the concept behind it was that I thought you were just supposed to try to trick the other person. And so right. I was trying to find very strange items. And you thought 
You were trying to just give me like nice, yeah. <laughs> like this talking stuff. Yeah. And so again, the, the idea is I fucked up again. I'm having all these chances to get on the nice list. I'm fucking up, fucking up, fucking up. Third one, we did kind of a similar bit as the year before. Yeah, we did the dragon. Instead of, yeah, instead of peanut butter ball, it was, uh, we called it ghost of Christmas pepper. And it was, it, or what'd you cram in my Christmas cookie? And it was gingerbread <laughs> cookies. Uh, and I put, you know, again, story-wise, I'd put Chuck in charge of making sure one of these cookies had had super spicy, was super spicy. Yeah. And Chuck was like, oh, I messed up. I put it in all of them. Same, same, same joke as the year before, where yes. every audience member who's come up on stage uh, ended up eating super spicy gingerbread. By the way, two of those people asked us for the recipe because they're like, no, this was delicious. And uh, yeah. we're like, you're supposed to be like vomiting your guts out. And let, let's tell the truth about this. We find the crowd participation to be exciting yes. for the crowd. It's exciting. To, and especially the idea of this dragon, you know, whatever it's called, dragon ghost pepper. Yep. However, I kind of look at it as a, as a tough part of the night because it's hard to corral the people on stage. Yeah without taking away from the show right without you know because the other stuff we have these bits planned and we're funny the whole time laugh 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 with this it takes a little bit longer to get from laugh to laugh and also a drunk woman came up that's correct she was not prepared for it, even though we had them sign waivers right yep they signed waivers just like when we electrified that jack-o'-lantern yes and uh they signed waivers and we were we were really clear we were saying like hey this is gonna be really really spicy are you sure we didn't want we didn't want what we wanted was people who were like i love spice i can do it we didn't want people who were like we didn't want to trick people that didn't want to do it right we wanted to get people that liked that kind of stuff and she was like i can do it and she was like hacking and throwing up remember that yeah she was well she was also (laughs) facing the back of the stage yeah and then she was making out with her boyfriend during the final bit like yeah and but, but she went in the bathroom and she was like yeah. She wasn't screaming, but she was like retching. Is that yeah. the right word? Yes, it is. So anyway, so we do that. I Again, just like the year before, I put, I put ghost pepper in everything. And I thought that'd be better for the show. But Brad was mad at me. Yes. And uh, again, I fucked up. I feel like something happened there. Like either one of us stormed off stage or something. I yelled at you. You yelled at me. And I, I yelled stormed, at you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So then we come out for our final bit, uh, which was what? Um... Or was it just the conclusion? Yeah, I think it was just the. Uh, you decided to write a new poem, a new oh, classic okay. Christmas so, yeah, poem. There was, okay, it's starring so here, the newest bastions of Christmas, Chuck and Brad. <laughs> so what happened was, here was the here was the con- conceit for this. I was like, you know, we always do shows where we end with Brad drawing something, or we have Brad draw something. I want to make a new Christmas, a classic Christmas story, just like uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas, with my drawings. And what was revealed through this poem, kind of like MILF on a shelf, was that I wanted to put on the best Christmas show ever again, and I cared so much about making Brad happy. And the poem was about the day before when I got all my stuff ready, right. and you got to see my side of all these bits and why I thought it was appropriate to include things I felt inside me, the stocking thing, putting the ghost pepper in. It was a poem showing that I did this stuff through like love for Brad and putting on a great show. Right. And by the end of it, you felt really, you know, on stage, you felt really guilty for being mad at me. I've been convicted that you were, you were doing what you thought was best in in your misguided way. (laughs) Exactly. So you go, you know what? And we said like, if we get the nice, I don't know what the fucking. Santa was going to show up to let us know. Santa was going to show up to let us know if I was a nice list. You went off stage. You're like, I just heard something. And uh, I don't remember how I passed the time while you were off stage, but then you... I think you thanked our sponsors or something. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
And then you come out dressed as Santa and you're like, Chuck, it's me, Santa. And it's a terrible Santa costume. Yeah. And you're like, you are actually on the nice list. You're trying to trick me into believing that I got on the nice list by all the nice stuff. And then what? I pulled your beard. Is that what it says? Yeah. And so I pulled your beard and I realized you're not Santa Claus and I'm all upset. And then you actually hear ho, ho, ho is big. And Santa Claus comes out. The real Santa Claus. You know, we hired an actor. What? And he comes out. That guy was hilarious. And he comes out and his thing is, Chuck, like he goes... Chuck, you believe you're on the naughty list. Is that right? I'm like, yes, Santa. And he goes, he's like, did you, did you read your entire letter that I sent you? And I'm like, no, I stopped, I, you know, I stopped reading it after I saw that I wasn't on the nice list. And he's like, keep reading it. And basically he was like, I'm going to show up at your show to tell you what list you're on. And he says, Chuck, you know, usually we have the naughty list and the nice list, but because what does it say? Do you have the script in front of you? I, uh, I, I do. Let me see here. Final script. So what does Santa say to me? Or I'm, I'm trying to see if it's in the final script to him or if it's in your notes, uh, uh, like your letter that's in a different folder. I think it's final script to Santa, Tim. That's what okay. I'm guessing. Yeah, it is. I, I have it. Ready? All right. Got it. <clears throat> so <laughs> this is what you said. I think I hear something backstage. It's probably that woman from the gingerbread cookie segment continuing to suffer, suffer and moan. I'm going to go check on her. And then you come out dressed as Santa Claus. You put me on the nice list. Uh, and I said... I said, why are you so skinny? Why do you have a fake beard? And why do you look like a walking Q-tip? I realized it's you. Yep. And uh, you said, Chuck, I'm sorry. I just, I know it was so important to you to get on the nice list tonight. For what it's worth, you're on my nice list. And you said, I know I'm not Santa, so it doesn't matter. And I said, it matters more than Santa. Because we, we mix this comedy with like these heartfelt, right. uh, traditional moments in storytelling. Right. From like family movies, children movies, whatever. Then we hear Santa Claus, he comes out. He said, I've, I've come here to read something that I wrote, especially for you. Uh, he wrote, and he wrote, a normal man walks this world. We, we wrote this, obviously. Right. A normal man walks this world and collects things in life for himself. Few men take the time to truly share their lives with others. Few men dedicate themselves to making other people happy, to making other people smile and laugh together by any means necessary. The men who do these things are to be cherished and to be recognized for having given the spirit inside of them. For having the giving spirit inside of them. Sorry. Chuck, you believe you are on the nice list this year. Is that correct? And I say, yes. I say, yes, Papa. He says, did you finish reading your letter? Keep reading. So I read his letter from the beginning. And I say, the letter says, Chuck, this year, for your creativity, your external, your eternal charisma, and your unrelenting desire to entertain others, you have so thoroughly exceeded the requirements to be on the nice list that I will be creating a new list category just for you. I'll be at your show at the Comedy Connection to tell you <laughs> the new category you've created and he reads from his scroll that he takes out of his back pocket. Hear ye, hear ye. From here on out, there'll be three lists for Santa every Christmas. The naughty list, the nice list, and the simply the chuck list for the nicest boy who ever lived. And you go, did you see what he gave me? I go, wow, thanks. You, I go, uh, I go to you. I say, you're welcome. And I say, wow, Santa, thank you so much for accurately judging my behavior. I did it. I, I, did, I did it. I got off the naughty list and onto the best, the best list of them all, the chuck list. And I started applauding. And then, uh, yeah, Santa reads a poem. We close the show. But the conclusion is, I was always on at least a nice list and yes. even a better list, which is so self-serving. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's so over the top. We, and we were talking about this the other day, and we did another thing that was I love so much. At our 400th episode, we had this flyer, and it was like, Chuck and Brad's 400th episode. <laughs> I, it's so funny, because like thinking back sometimes, I'm like, I can't believe we fucking did this stuff live in an audience. <laughs> Do you ever think that? Yes, all the time. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, I, I could barely remember. Like, I'm looking at... I mean, we don't have to go super into this, 
but I'm looking at our 400th episode, which is, you know, we did our Christmas ep- Christmas shows live at the Connection, and we did our Halloween shows, and then we also did these uh, the drawing bit with event. Like I said, we, we said before, right. Avengers, Spider Man, Jurassic Park. And we would do those in a couple places. We've done those all in a couple different venues around New England. Um, but the Christmas and Halloween shows, especially Christmas, has kind of more of a story. And then we did um, our 400th episode, and it was more like that. It was more like it had a story. Right. I'm trying to look at it. Let's see. Oh my God, that's right. We filmed with we filmed with our buddy Brian but, uh, Bowden to open it. Anyway, we had this big 400th episode celebrating yep. the history of the podcast. And on the flyer, we had us dressed in you know suits and stuff. And we had a, it said featuring Ray Harrington and it had a very specific picture of Ray. And right be under him, right under him, it says. Uh, and, uh, an awards, it was a hall of fame ceremony for the first ever inductee into the Chuck and Brad podcast hall of fame. Ray's on the podcast a lot. He's on all of our live shows and it was obviously the same picture of Ray, but as a silhouette with a question mark on it, like obviously Ray's going to be the one inducted. So he comes out at the show. Oh my God. It's so fucking funny. He comes out of the show. And again, we always, we write our shows, we're completely in the know for the most part. Sometimes I leave you out of stuff and then I surprise you on stage, but we're mostly in the know. Ray is never in the know. We're always like, Ray, come on stage when we call you or Ray, here's a note card, go on stage and read this to the microphone. And we build around that. You know, we build our comedy around that. Um, uh, I'm I'm trying to look up the script. Anyway, so... I'm looking at the Brad lips because I don't remember that bit. It's, it's written in my notes, right. Brad lips. But anyway, he goes up for the Hall of Fame ceremony and he ends up reading this whole thing. And the first inductees into the Chuck and Brad Hall of Fame ceremony are Chuck and Brad. Yeah. And we get called up by him. <laughs> don't we do a speech? Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's how we did that show. But oh, it's just making me laugh. Chuck. We took out a speech. I'm, re- I'm reading the script for it right now, Chuck. We did not expect this, Brad. Yes, we did not expect this. I agree. <laughs> and Ray, who's reading from a script, we handed him a script yes. when we got there. He goes, I mean, it only makes sense, guys. You are the most important part of the Chuck and Brad <laughs> podcast. You guys should be the first inductees to the Chuck and Brad podcast Hall of Fame. It gives me something to aspire to. <laughs> But think think about it. Without you guys, there's no podcast. (laughs) Without your podcast, I don't see a reason to go on living. (laughs) Brad, wow, thanks, Ray. (laughs) You know what? We we know that you really wanted to win tonight, and we thought that was so cute. (laughs) Chuck, yeah, wicked cute. So we had this made for you. We gave you a, a, we gave him a trophy. What was the trophy? Uh, Was there a baby of some sort on it? (laughs) There was a baby on it. Oh, it was cute. Uh, something like that. And he said, he, he's like, my son can't read yet. I'm going to take it home. <laughs> I'm going to take the trophy home and tell him I got it for being the cutest baby. <laughs> Man. Oh, my God. It's so fucking funny. What did the what did the trophy say? Holy I'm, I'm shit. I'm trying to check in my email to... Uh, to we give him the trophy. Him. I say, I want to thank all our fans like Ray. Most importantly, I want to thank our corporate sponsors, RI Food Fights, and whoever else is sponsoring our podcast right now. They're the best option for whatever product they sell, and I absolutely mean that from the bottom of my heart. That's funny. Yeah. Brad, <laughs> I'd like to thank God, regardless of the staggering, the staggering amount of times he's let me down. That's funny. Chuck, yeah, I can't I can't stress it enough. I feel the exact same way God has really failed, Brad. <laughs> 
Oh, it was the Best Lil' Buddy Award 2019 for <laughs> Ray Buddy. Harrington. Oh my God, that's so fucking funny. Sometimes I wonder if people, if we were in the crowd, if they even get it at all. Yeah. Well, they laugh the whole time. They yeah. must get it. Um, uh, that's so, f- oh, do you remember? Oh, wow. Uh, we can't get into this right now. We're yeah, in Christmas, Christmas history. Christmas, what am I Christmas, doing? I'm getting yeah. off topic. Yep. This is so fucking funny. Um, Anyway, that was uh, 2000. Um, that was what we did on stage for 2018, and again, um, we kind of had this crazy, crazy uh, season. We did a, you know, that year we did for our podcast, we did a, a commentary on the movie Die Hard because it was big in pop culture that people were saying, "Is it a Christmas movie? Is it not?" Yeah. And the hook for that podcast was we were going to do a commentary with our buddy Lou, and by the end we were going to figure out what are the rules for being a Christmas movie. Does it live up to the rules? Um, I had just started working on the Tell Him Steve Dave Patreon in 2018. Yes. And like I said, started writing for a motif. So here was my schedule for that Christmas season. Um, on Sunday, November 11th, we did Chuck and Brad's Back to the Future live show. Yes, we did. On Thursday, uh, 11, November 15th to the 19th, I went to Disney World. On Sunday, the 25th, I went to New Jersey to see the Brian Setzer Orchestra, their Christmas show. On the twenty seventh, we did the super retro pod, super retro throwback reviews podcast to promote our Christmas show. On the 29th, I did the Everything Is Awesome podcast. On the thirtieth, we did Let's Chat with Chris Revels podcast. On the first, December first, and Saturday, we did a photo shoot with Buns and Bites, a big yep. Instagram girl in Providence who here's she's her name is Laura. She's awesome. We love her. Um, where Brad and I dressed up in sexy tights, and she dressed up in sexy tights. That's her. Her thing is about her big butt. Yes. And we and, went on with food, our... Yeah. We, yeah, and food. And we went on with our terrible, disgusting butts. Yes. And did a photo shoot with her as well as uh, used one of our sponsors, right. which is Malted Barley Pretzels. Um, no, that was, this is the Boneheads one. Uh, was she, it? Yeah, she has oh, the long Christmas head. Yeah. Okay, so this is yeah. the second time we yeah. did it. Boneheads, that's right. Um, then we went on the Needless to Say podcast on December 4th. Then we went on Beverages with Brad, that video show on the 5th. Yep. Um, it was a good time. Yes. And then on the 16th, we had our show. And here's where we got crazy that year. Yes. On the 16th, we had our show. We probably got off stage at like 9.45. Yeah. We were there probably until like 10, 10, 15, 10.30. Probably went out to eat. The next day, we had to wake up early to fly to Virginia to go to our friend Katie's wedding. Yes. We flew to Virginia. We we flew home the next day. Yep. And then the day after that, I left to go to Jersey to film with Tom I'll say the, the night we flew back, yes. like, so we flew back midday on like Tuesday. Yes. And that night was when we recorded the Die Hard podcast. Oh, wow. And then, and then you left Wednesday morning wow. for Jersey. Wow. To yes. film? Yes. Holy shit. Um, so it was a lot. It was a real lot. Uh, but that was, that was another busy season. But I think as I go forward, I, you know, I, I don't know if this is positive, negative. Am I a piece of shit? I don't know. I like that. I like the full schedule. We're celebrating. We're doing good things. I mean, I know that the wedding is necessarily Christmassy, right. but it was celebrating Katie right. and Tim and, you know, being there for people. And I don't know. I just, I like the the productivity and the creativity. I, I think I'd rather have, I don't know. See, the, the idea of like having how much downtime do you want versus how much go time do right. you want. Right. I don't know. I, for that ratio, for, for me, sometimes I feel like the ratio is like, I think I want 100% go time. Ugh. I feel like that sometimes. All right. All right, we're up to last year, 2019. At this point in time, I'm working for, I'm writing for Motif. 
Providence Monthly and the Bay Magazine. I'm still working my day job as a nine to five stiff. True. Um, and I'm writing a bunch of articles. I wrote my my best Christmas podcast articles for Motif. I wrote my my gift guide for Motif last year. I had multiple Providence Monthly articles, and we decided because we had talked to Comedy Connection too late in the season. Yes, we could not get a good date for our Christmas show. Right. So we said we're going to take one year off our Christmas show. And we're going to do Chuck and Brad's North Pole podcast party. Yes. Instead of a Chuck and Brad's best Christmas show ever, which is a live scripted comedy show with segments, Chuck and Brad's North Pole podcast party would just be a live games podcast on stage. The whole thing would be games. Right. And the teams were Brad and our buddy Brian Bowden, a really funny comedian in the area on the Wicked Funny podcast versus me and Ray Harrington, our buddy. Yes. With the judge of Liz Monis, another great comedian in the area. Um. We did that live at the Galactic Theater in Warren, Rhode Island. That's correct. It's a very small, uh, like, what would you call it? Like a like a bar. Yeah. Like a bar that has like a performance area. Right. It's like 50 seats, I'd say. The whole thing was filled up to the brim, which was really fun. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'll be honest, I think it went a lot better than I expected. Yes. I didn't know if it was going to go that well. It was a, it was a, it was, it was fun for us. It was going to be fun for us regardless, but I think the audience had more fun than I thought they were going to. Yes. We didn't because, know. Because we were, you know, you're going to have people wandering mm-hmm. in. It's a ticketed event, but still it's, it's right. a bar where people hang out. Right. So it went really well. Um, that episode is up on our chuckandbradpodcast.com slash Christmas. It's episode 446. And we did a lot of similar games than we did the, the years before with uh, the Twitter thing and rewriting a Christmas poem and stuff like that. And um, <clears throat> that was a crazy season as well because I had to go film the Christmas special with Tell Him Steve Dave. Right. A lot of stuff. So I wanted to play some clips from the uh, from episode 446, Chuck oh, and Brad's North Pole podcast so party. so good. So here's, there's a couple of them. So we did a lot of bits, and I'll be honest, I think that we got to come up with bits that are a little shorter when we do them live in front of an audience, yeah. as opposed to longer ones. But one of the things we did was like we had the contests, like the Twitter thing, everything. But then we had a system where it's like each team gets appeals. And the idea is that, and it's pretty dumb, you get to come up with anything you want related to Christmas and try to get extra points from the judge. Right. Anything you want. So... One of the things that Ray and I came up with um, was the idea that Frosty the Snowman, it sounds like a happy song because of the sound of the song, but in actuality, if you just read the lyrics and make it scary, it's terrifying. Yes. So here's uh, the team of Chuck and Ray. I think our name was the the Yuletide Christmas Lunatics. Something like that, yes. <laughs> and uh, he hated that. And, uh, we were the Jingle Bees because it's Brad and Brian, so... <laughs> You know what else I remember, I remember from that that was hilarious? We had to, you and me each had to make Christmas crowns and they were judged by our Christmas judge. Yep. And I told this story about how there was a ceramic Christmas house at my grandmother's house and I super glued it to the top of a top hat and yes. that was my Christmas crown and it had these hanging ornaments all around it and it was super fragile. And I was like, where? Obviously, I got it at like yeah. Savers and we could break it. I thought it was going to break. Yeah. And I was like wearing it, but it was like super top heavy and the whole thing was that it was, yeah. you know, my grandmother, she didn't know that I took it. It's very expensive, whatever. And it was so funny listening to us be like, oh, oh yeah. like it's so funny. Anyway, so here's a, a clip from that show where Ray and I are presenting our appeal about how Frosty the Snowman can be. Uh, it, the lyrics are terrifying. 
in the right context. Uh, okay, so uh, Frosty the Snowman. It's very oh, interesting my. that you brought uh, you brought up the, uh, the the actual synopsis on Wikipedia and right. the, descri- the description of uh, that. Because when we were looking at Frosty the Snowman, I looked up the lyrics to the song, you know, the poem and all that stuff. Um, it is disturbing, and uh, if you just change uh, the delivery of the same exact lyrics, it is a horrifying ghost story. Uh, and so, for our appeal, uh, I would like to read to you the horrible, horrifying story of this terrifying man, Frosty. Uh, and if you'll allow me to do that now, Chuck is going to help me out here as the uh, the child I tell the ghost story to. <clears throat> I can't believe I let you borrow my propeller beanie for this. Uh, this is this is word for word. The Frosty the Snowman song. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. Frosty the Snowman? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he was a holly jolly happy soul. With a corn cob pipe, a button nose, and two eyes made out of coal. Make him stop. Frosty the Snowman, he's a fairy tale, they say. He was made of snow, but the children know how he came to life one day. There must have been some magic in that old silk hat they found. For when they placed it on his head, he began to dance around. Oh, Frosty the Snowman was alive as he could be. And the children say he could laugh and play just the same as you and me. Oh, Frosty the Snowman knew the sun was hot that day. So he said, let's run. We'll have some fun. Now, before I melt away. Down to the village with a broomstick in his hand, running here and there and all around the square, saying, Catch me if you can! (laughs) He led them down the streets of town right to a traffic cop. They're safe now. And he only paused a moment when he heard him holler, Stop! Oh, Frosty the Snowman had to hurry on his way. But he waved goodbye, saying, Don't you cry. I'll be back again someday. Somebody. Look at Frosty go. Somebody. Thump, thump. Somebody. Thump, thump. Over the hills of snow. And scene. Oh, that was great. That was excellent. All right, so that was our first appeal. That was chilling. <laughs> All right, good job. Thank you. Our second appeal was that I wanted to play a joke on Ray live in front of the audience <laughs> for Christmas. And my joke didn't work out exactly the way I wanted, but it still ended up being really funny. Here's our second appeal. Uh, I'm just going to play the clip. We don't need more context, I don't think. 
We got a, we got a gift too that we have prepared for Liz. Can someone reach into this box and grab? There's there's two recorders at the bottom. What? <laughs> like like tape right. recorders? Like tape? No, 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 no. Like music recorders. Music recorders. Remember we remember in like when you were in third grade they tell you how to play the recorder. Remember this? I got remember you. That? I got you this recorder. <laughs> So here's the thing. Everyone knows uh, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, right? You guys know that song? Yeah. You know? Right? Oh, my goodness. Are you guys going to play it? Oh, hold on, hold on. So in that song is a famous saxophone solo, right? You guys might remember it. This is it. So for our gift, Ray and I are each going to play the saxophone solo from Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree for you guys here tonight. Ray, you're going to go first. I'll hold your microphone. <laughs> then I'll go. Ray, 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 Ray. Oh, man. All right. All right. You ready, Ray? I'll start the music whenever you're ready. I'm super pumped. There's a strange recorder in my mouth. Oh, no. I made sure no one touched that. I promise. Oh, no jokes. Well, hey. You ready? <laughs> is your is your fingering right? was, man, I'm going to set up this thing so that Ray has to play the recorder terribly in front of an audience, and I'm going to practice for a month and learn the solo so I can top it and do it perfectly. But like I said, Christmas is a busy time, you guys, so I hope you like the same joke twice. <laughs> Hold my microphone, Ray. Sense of it. I got a sense of it. I did learn the first two notes. I don't know if you noticed that. I the could first tell. Two, yeah, I could tell. They were correct. Can I just say, however you feel about that, I was a foot away from him. And his face did not make me feel comfortable. All right, and the final clip we're going to play for That one was also chilling, but I just mean the scary kind that time. It's not a pun. So this is our final clip. Uh, do you remember how we closed the show? I do. Uh, we got our buddy Abe. Yep. 
uh, to uh, dress in character as Tiny Tim, and we said, welcome to the roast of Tiny Tim. We thought it would be really funny to close the, the show with roast jokes about someone, right? and we couldn't figure out who, and then we're like, oh, let's find the most inappropriate person, because why would you make fun of this sick kid from this famous Christmas story? Right. So let's do jokes, roast jokes about Tiny Tim, and the whole contest was whose roast jokes are funnier, either Brad and Brian or Chuck and Ray. So here's uh, the roast of Tiny Tim. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the final event tonight is the roast of Tiny Tim. And uh, all, all the way from 1840s London, here is Tiny Tim. So, this final event, I like that we're like, Abe, we need you to, to be something for a show. He's like, okay. <laughs> Should have asked. Everyone knows what a roast is, right? <laughs> it's when you tell the meanest... It's when you make a chicken. <laughs> it's when you tell the meanest jokes you possibly can about somebody. So we thought we'd get Tiny Tim, because he, you know, he's up for a ribbon. I don't know. A ribbon? No, people ah! wear ribbons for him. And uh, each team is going to present three jokes about Tiny Tim and the roast of Tiny Tim. Three, and, three total jokes? Cause I thought it was each person. Each person. Each, each person. person. Uh, Sorry, each, each person. person. And uh, you're going to give us 10 to 20 points to each person on how good the jokes are. So who wants to go first in the roast I, of Tiny I Tim? Would, I would love to go first. Um... I, uh, I've done a roast before, and I felt terrible afterwards, and I was like, I'm never going to do a roast again. That's here we are. It. And here we are. Rip him up, Brad. I'll say this, though. Tiny Tim totally deserves being roasted. <clears throat> Tiny Tim, you rickets-having motherfucker. <laughs> Tiny Tim is so poor, he has to get a coupon just so he can pay attention. <laughs> Pre-transformation, Scrooge was right. Tiny Tim should die and decrease the surplus population. <laughs> Not because he's poor, just so none of us will have to look at his stupid weasel face anymore. <laughs> that one's about Abe. <laughs> hey, Tiny Tim, you've got an old man paying your bills these days. Hmm, wonder why that is. Rumor has it Scrooge calls you Tiny Tim not because of your diminutive stature, but because of your young, tight anus. <laughs> he said it's like sticking his old shriveled prick in a Chinese finger trap. I'm done roasting forever. <laughs> wow. Jesus, Brad, that was a little bit dirty. I didn't expect that. Neither was I. Oh, uh, the microphone? Yeah. Battery. Battery time. So, we're going to go, uh, let's go team by team. Sure. Do you want to go first? Would you like me to go first, buddy? Either way. Uh... I'll go first. Go ahead. Here are my jokes, my roast jokes for Tiny Tim. Who, again, deserves it. Right. <laughs> Tiny Tim, you noodle-legged, black-lunged, doomed, ugly child. Don't breathe on me. Tiny Tim coughs a lot, limps, and never stops saying he's freezing. Pick a disease, drama queen. You know what would be a Christmas miracle? If for once this piece of shit died in Act One. <laughs> All right, that's one joke. <laughs> <laughs> my, 
My favorite thing about Tiny Tim is that he believes that his family actually wants him to stay alive. He's dumb enough to think that his poverty-ridden parents are happy to have another temporary mouth to feed. When the truth is that every time he goes to bed, the family Cratchit prays for a terminal coughing fit they pretend not to hear. What's the only good thing about Tiny Tim? If you buy him a pair of shoes, it turns into three gifts. One is the first shoe. When that wears out, you've got the other. And the third gift is the shoe box. Perfectly good coffin for Benjamin Unbuttoned over here. Wait, just thought of another good thing about him. You only need one pallbearer. Those are my jokes. Tim is usually smaller. <laughs> so pretend, pretend he's smaller. He's pretend smallest... he's a child getting thrown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the smallest guy I can find. Oh, that's cool. All right, Brian. All right. Uh, I, I feel bad roasting Tiny Tim because he can't stand up for himself. Uh, you know, Tiny Tim, look at him. He wears his, his pants, his little coat, and he wears a handicap. Tiny Tim is so crippled and poor, he's special needy. <laughs> Tiny Tim's favorite game is Marco Polio. <laughs> That's funny. Done. <laughs> All right, I think Ray is going to bring it home. What do you got for Tiny Tim, Ray? <clears throat> A shoe. No, I didn't sneeze. That's just what Tiny Tim asked for for Christmas. A shoe. One lone shoe for the foot he has. But don't feel bad, people don't mention this, but Tiny Tim is actually 32 years old, living with his parents and refusing to get a job. He has a crutch. Not for any disease or malady, but because he slipped on his own cum Thanksgiving night. <laughs> Again and, with the cum. Yeah, and twisted his ankle. It's a temporary injury, Tim. <laughs> The ghosts were gonna visit Tim that night, but they were turned off by his constant masturbating. I think it's horrible that Tim is pretty womaning his sugar daddy Scrooge just because Mrs. Cratchit's uterus crapped out six months into a nine-month pregnancy. <laughs> this half-baked bastard is draining the system, his family, and his unwashed Victorian era penis dry. Just everybody at the table uh, for Christmas. Just like, oh, what's that smell? What's that smell? And then Tiny Tim, it's me crippled dick, sir! <laughs> now, I have one more thing to say before we close this night. Yes. What's that? Appeal. Yeah. Whoa. Hold on, Tiny Tim. Uh, Tiny Tim, Tim, get Tim you get your ass back over there. Oh, God. Our appeal is 10 one-liners for Tiny Tim. <laughs> Let's keep this going. It's like a rapid-fire roast. We're going to go yeah, do it. to bed. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. The Cratchits are so poor they could only afford half a kid. <laughs> Seeing Tiny Tim reminds me of my childhood, but only because I used to put my ugliest G.I. Joes in the blender. <laughs> Tim! <laughs> You're so sickly. When I first met you, I thought I had the sixth sense. <laughs> Timmy, you're so fucked up, you look like shit in 1840s London. <laughs> Mission Tim Possible. No, no. Temporarily out of order. Pinocchio was more of a real boy. <laughs> Timothy, 
You're such a sickly little fuck. I saw a kid with the plague, and next to you, he looked like he belonged on a Wheaties box. <laughs> Looking at whiny Tim over here, <laughs> there's one thing I know for certain, that Bob and his wife are brother and sister. <laughs> Tim. 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 You living cocktail shrimp. I just want to break off your bottom half and throw it in a dumpster amongst the garbage where it belongs. All this talk about Tim Boy's fucked up leg and we're not even going to mention his insanely small dick? Hey, uneven hawking. Crippled dogs have a hard time finding a loving home and they have three good legs. I only have one question for you, Tim. What's your fucking plan here, Timbo? That's, that's the last that's our appeal. I like that That's one. it. That's a good appeal. That was very fucking good. <laughs> ten points. Ooh, all, all ten points. Ten points. Man, that was so funny. Yeah, I had a crazy, and that was a crazy year too in yeah. terms of uh, terms but, of schedule. Just, just real quick, who won the North Pole podcast party? Which, uh, you know, which team? You know, it's really Christmas is about spending time together. Yeah, I just, I this was a specific. It's thing. not about you winners. Know I have the score have sheet. Have you ever heard of a? Have you ever heard of a poor winner? Magneted to my fridge right now. I could I know, look at I that score sheet. Yeah. I can't see. No, it's, it's too far away. It's right over there. I, it's not hard for me to get up and get <laughs> I love it. The idea you saying it's on our fridge, and I'm saying, yeah, I can't see it either. <laughs> Ro- Rosetta, Rosetta, Rosie. My cat. That's his cat. Give me that score sheet. Okay. Maybe that's Roseanne. Yes. Um, here's my schedule that season. Uh, Thursday, this is last year, 2019. Thursday, the 28th, it's Thanksgiving. Uh, Gina's sister falls and shatters her spine while rock climbing. And we have Thanksgiving with my family. And then instead of going to her family's thing, we go see Ava in the hospital. And then we drive straight to New Jersey so I can go film with Tell Him Steve Dave. Um it was Black Friday at the stash, right? Yeah. I, I, it's weird because I definitely filmed the Christmas special in 2018, but I don't remember when that when we did that. So I was in the I was in New Jersey until the first of December. I came home for six days and I went back and filmed with them again from the seventh to the ninth. Then I was back again. We went on the hold up podcast on December 15th to promote the show. We had the North, North Pole podcast party on the 22nd. Um man, that was I was a lot of traveling that year, huh? Damn yeah. it. But that's it. And now it's 2020. Yes. Uh, this year, no Chuck and Brad live comedy show. Right. No senior discount live shows. No videos. We're not getting a big crew together to film anything. Nope. Except for my Tell Them Steve Dave Christmas specials that I'm doing. Yes. Another one is coming out uh, next Tuesday. Frank Five Rewind. But yeah, so that's kind of our Christmas history, man. Yeah, that's uh, it, and it's a, it's it's a lot. It's a real lot. I, you know, if if people take anything away from this, I I hope it's that like, it is fun to be psyched about being creative for Christmas, and I realize that's a multi-step process. Yes, but you know, I, it's it's easy to give someone a gift card. But if you're like, all right, well, I'm going to make it a, a, a puzzle. Like it's a it's a 25 character code. Not yeah. that you have to give them 25, you know, uh, separate letters and say you're on your own. Yeah. But the idea of mixing it up or giving them hints or, or whatever, the idea of presenting things in a different way. I've definitely used like letterhead from my job mm-hmm. to write a formal letter uh, to award someone a, a gift mm-hmm. or to, you know, sentence someone judicially yes. uh, for, for whatever. Uh, I think that was a friend's wedding that I, I gave them. I wrote them up a, a judicial incident report. Oh, that's really yeah. funny. I like that. Yes. That's funny. And uh, Yeah, and it's also, it's funny to take the holiday that's so clearly about other people and giving and, and joy and togetherness. 
it's so fun to make comedy out of that. I know yeah. that's really specific, but it's so fun. I mean, any creative project, it's fun to take that as a framework and do something. Right. And I will say, I don't want to leave this out because it was important to me. The past two years, we've done Tell Them Steve Dave Christmas specials. And those are big highlights of my season as well. Right. Specifically last year, uh, I went, like I said, I went to Jersey two weekends in a row. And one of them, I think it was like, it was two on two on two with two judges and two hosts. And it was so funny. It was such a fun night with Walt and Brian and Quinn and Ming, Mike, everybody get them. Right. Frank, Troy. It was so, we had so much fun in that room, that big room of just, you know, all these games. Um, the 2019 Christmas special was definitely like up there. And then we went to the, or- so the next day we went to the orphanage. That was part of my Christmas season too. Right. Was the idea that whoever won, they were going to give $5,000 to an orphanage in their name. Right. And we went to the orphanage and I was filming Sunday Jeff and get him and Walt and the orphanage and Brian. And they're talking about the orphans. And they keep the whole game. They're talking about the orphans for like two and a half hours. Final beat of the episode is at the end. They're at the orphanage and the woman's like, yeah, we don't really like to use the word orphan. And, and Walt goes, you don't? And she goes, no, it's offensive. And he goes, oh, and that's how it ends. <laughs> yes. And it's so fucking funny that those, those, those moments are, are right up there with me as well. Yeah. Um, for, for my favorite moments of, uh, of my past couple of Christmas seasons. And I love, I love the opportunity to take Christmas and kind of do different, um, creative things with it. Obviously from right. all the stuff we've talked about, yep. it's crazy to put it all together Oh yeah, and kind of go through it and say, here's all the stuff we've done. Especially those fucking live shows. Oh my God. I love those so much. I'll say this, uh, for Chuck and I were driving around last Saturday and we were talking about the, the even better best Christmas show ever, the show we did in 2018. And it was like, Oh, how did we end that? And, uh, I read his Christmas poem to him as we were driving and I had to stop because Chuck was laughing so hard. He was crying at his own jokes, but like both of us, it was just you know so what? fun and funny. Don't, no, no need to go through the poem because it we can't it, do it. We can't do it to the audience, but the visuals add so much to it. The, the drawings. Yeah. And, uh, it was just, uh, it was just amazing, man. <clears throat> oh man. No, I, 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 I we we have the roasted tiny Tim on here. That's enough offensive stuff. <laughs> this one isn't offensive, is it? I guess. The, yeah, I guess it's a little, a little offensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, and, and I'll say this to oh, our to man. our chubies, new and old. Uh, we appreciate you. We're we're glad that you chose to spend some time during this holiday season with mm-hmm, us, mm-hmm. Uh, listening to our our uh, encyclopedic history of yes. ourselves. Yes. Um, but yeah, we're we're glad you're around. You know, we're we're I I know it's cliche at this point to say that we're all in this together, but 2020, man, yeah. we are all in this together. Yeah. And uh we appreciate you guys taking time out of your days to listen to us. Can I say one more thing? Please do. I just remembered that I don't know if you remember this. I was like desperately trying to get <clears throat> the Tell Him Steve Dave Christmas special done last year. Yes. And my internet started to fail. Like the night it was due. Yeah. We, it was so much work. That I worked on it all day, the day of our live podcast. Yep. We did the podcast. I went home, edited until like three in the morning. Yep. I had to sneak into my parents' house. I do remember Upload this. it from there. Yep. Then I went home to do the audio production on the podcast and I did like a 10 minute intro. Right. About my whole month. So that's in episode 446. Right. Um, if you want to listen to it about how difficult it was to get all that stuff done. But yeah, I think it's fun. I think it's, I think it's. It's such a great way to celebrate. Like I love, 
I love experiencing the Christmas stuff, but I love making the Christmas stuff yeah. so much more. It connects me so much to the season. Yeah. I'm glad we get to do it. This year, we're doing a smaller version of that, but next year, we're coming back times 10. What would be the times, third... Times what now? What would be the third name? Chuck and Brad's best Christmas show ever. You, Chuck and Brad's even better best Christmas show ever. I guess better-er, but that seems... Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's pretty funny. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we will figure it out. Um, well, folks out there, if you have questions, comments, concerns, or otherwise, please send us an email, chuckandbrad at gmail.com. Remember, if you have ideas for this year's Christmas episode, again, we're not bereft of ideas. We have ideas, but if you have ideas that are better, we'd yeah. love to hear them. Send us an email, chuckandbrad at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, we appreciate you. That's all I've got. That's all I got. Deuces. Deuces.